actually. All right. <laughs> We've reloaded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if I have too much preamble for this one, because, mm-hmm. I mean... It's more Matrix. It's more Matrix. There was a fairly sizable gap between movies. A four-year gap. Yes, this came out in 2003. Um, Certainly a larger gap than exists between this and the next. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Substantially. Substantially more, um, but for lots of um, very technical reasons. Right. (laughs) It just took a really long time to make this movie. Right. But... We got, we've got some of our, our old friends are back. We got a lot of new friends. The, the returning cast is much smaller, I think, than the, than the new people. Yes, and there will be an interesting um, topic for later Ooh. regarding who returned and who did not. Ooh, interesting. Yes, but interesting. Um, is there anything we want to... Address here at the top. It's a good question. Can't really think of anything. Right? Like, you know. At this point. Boy, did everyone love that first one. It was Matrix Fever, and everyone was so goddamn excited for this film. Yeah. It was a huge deal. It was hyped. It made a lot of money. Yes. It was, um, in conjunction with this movie... There was a video game and a, um, a, a short animated film. Um, there's Enter the Matrix was the video game, right. which is sort of a, it's not a um, it's not a video gaming of the movie. It is a video game companion to the movie. Right. Um, and then there is Enter the Matrix, or rather, um, Animatrix. Yeah. The animated. Uh, I don't know what. To... It's an anthology film. Yeah, it's an anthology film. Uh, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I... I haven't seen it ever. Oh, wow, you really ought to. It's I'm planning to this time. Yeah, yeah, you should. You really, really should. Um, I'd love to rewatch it. Um, certainly certain shorts in it I like a lot better than others. Mm. Um, the animator who did the Oranishi sequence... You've told me about this, yeah. Contributed, um, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, and it's sort of interesting supplemental right. knowledge in in the now that they're like all right here it is the whole big world right um you've got and that was that was released in conjunction with this film or with the third film I'm pretty sure like I don't I think it came out after this film but oh. before the third film that's interesting yeah let I me... always assumed that the way to watch them would be the the trilogy and then you watch the animatrix. Yeah, let me see. Oh, certainly not. I would say, you know, um, once you've watched the first movie, you could watch the, the Animatrix. I see. Um, it came out in 2003 as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or in Japanese, Animatoriksu. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's really interesting for sure. And we're not going to cover it? <laughs> well, they produced it. And, um, wrote, and they I wrote think, a few segments. W- maybe one segment. Oh. So it's... I'm not totally sure. They wrote the flight, the final flight of the Osiris. Wikipedia says they wrote four out of nine. Four shorts. out of nine. Okay. Well, that's significantly more. Boy, we've kind of got a, a, a pickle <laughs> on our hands because we already have a plan for our sort of yeah. like 
ending, our sort of capstone yeah. situation. So we'll we'll mull that one over. We'll think about it. Yeah. Maybe a bonus episode. Bonus episode. That's a fun idea. Because <laughs> I like it, and I'd love to rewatch it and talk about it. Bonus episode at a later time. Perhaps so. That's a good idea. Anyway, we're just, like, doing nuts and bolts discussion <laughs> on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, a couple of supplemental things. Like, at this point, they're like, all right, we're full in. This is a universe. Right. And we're going to tell you how it works. Because in the first movie, it is all a little more sort of, like, illusion. Yeah. And, you know, Zion is much more the sort of mythical promised land that is being referenced in calling it Zion. Mm. Um, but now it's just a place that we get to go to, and we have yes. apartments yeah. in it. Yeah. Big raves. Yep. And old guys live there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a it's definitely got a different feeling yeah. than it did in the first one, when it was just like, maybe someday you'll get to go to Zion. And now it's like, oh, we're here. Oh, we went back to Zion, and like... There's even, like, an argument about, like, it's been a long time since you came back to Zion. Why have you been gone so right, long? Right, right. It's just, like, a town. Yeah, it's a place. <laughs> it's just a place. What else could it have been if they were going to show it? Like, right. I mean, that's yeah. it. It's just where all the humans live exactly. now. Exactly. Um, but in showing it, it does lose it, some of the, the yeah, mythological absolutely. feeling. And generally, that's sort of the feel from this movie, is that it's... It's, it's less mythic. It's more like there are questions answered by this movie that I don't think most people who watched the first movie would have thought to ask. Yeah, well, never underestimate how many questions nerds are going to ask. This is true. <laughs> this is true. There are things that seem obvious in retrospect that the first movie doesn't address at all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, there are certain ways in which it expands the world that I think are really fun and cool. And, like, 100%. there's, like, great little sort of computer nerd tidbits with, like, yeah. the back doors and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's a thing. Yeah. Like, keys. And it's like, oh, keys are a thing in computers. And, like, all the programs. And, like, yeah, this whole place, this is a living, breathing world. And, like, yeah. there's a lot of shit running around in here. It's not just, like... A skybox with houses in it. Like, right. it, it's a whole system, and so there's a lot of moving parts. Well, the thing that I realized is that in terms of what's explicitly acknowledged, in the first film, you could be forgiven for thinking that everyone in the Matrix is either a, a human being person who's plugged into the Matrix, or an agent, specifically. Right, you don't think about... And this movie about... blows that up in a yeah, big way. there are people who are not agents, but are computer. yes. Different types of programs. Yes, and I love that. Yes. It really, it just like so many interesting possibilities. So in certain ways, by showing more, they kind of compress things. But in other ways, they're expanding the world. Mm-hmm. 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 Definitely. Uh, yeah. Okay. Shall we? Yeah, let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. Okay. So, we get our fun opening sequence yep. it's more elaborate than ever yep all the numbers and it's code very and... elaborate yeah i feel like we're watching bound again <laughs> yeah well it's funny because the title gets out of the way pretty fast yeah but then there's like all this how do you describe it shapes and things shapes and code and it's yeah. just a whole lot of hullabaloo <laughs> but the 
once the movie proper begins, we are at, like, a security guard station. Um, and we just see sort of, like, uh, the, the, the changing of shifts. Yeah, there's uh, a, there's a, the, the fade out from the code to the Matrix world is on a time clock. Right, time and, clock. And there's, like, that. a lot more emphasis on clocks and clocks time. Clocks and time, because we need to know time is running out. Yes. Time is of the essence in this movie. Yes. We're on a clock here. It's not necessarily true in the first movie. No, they're just sort of doing stuff. Yeah. They're taking their time. But this, we we barely got any time. Yeah, because you discovered through looking at dates that the first movie takes place over like... 11 months or something? Something, a long period of time. Yeah, and this movie th- takes place over yeah. less than two days. Yes. Yes, this is extremely quick. Um, and we're, you know, we're down to the minute yes. as far as when things are occurring in this movie. Uh, but these guards are saying goodnight, see you tomorrow. And then <laughs> Trinity flies in on a motorcycle. This is very anime to me. It's very anime. It's very cool. It's like, like Trinity got the grand entrance in the first movie. It is nothing compared to this. this is, yeah, this is a different level. Motorcycle comes flying through the air. She jumps off it, flips. The motorcycle somehow... <laughs> lands on this guard station and explodes it like a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure why this happens. Don't care. It's just cool. It's so cool that this motorcycle explodes like dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> and she yep. blows up this guard station. Luckily, uh, most of the guards had left already. Oh, except she whips their asses in the yep. parking lot. Yep. So they didn't get away. Uh the, the- Pose that she does oh, when landing. The landing. Is iconic. It's and she's just in the shiniest vinyl. She's had an upgrade in her costume. She's again sh- a costume where I'm like, on the set, this must have made so much noise. <laughs> this had to be like Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman levels of uncomfortable. Exactly. Too. Yeah. She looks so good and you know just like just to look at her, like Obviously, lesbians made this yes, film. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, lesbians yeah. made this film. Yeah, exactly. Yep, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's gonna be interesting to talk about this in the ways that this like you know they've maybe um not gone as hard on sort of the the queer themes like as the ex- first one explicitly queer. Right. Well. But then there are moments where it's just like, this is the most lesbian movie. There's two aspects of it. Yeah. The one is that the first movie was about discovery and finding things out. Right. So, of course, that was going to be crunchier. It's an awakening. And this movie is about what do you do when you know that already? Yeah. Now what? Now it's the now what, Uh which is less addressed Less addressed, and there's sort of less of a roadmap to it. Exactly. You know, you know what a, what a, what a gender awakening yeah. sexual awakening kind of what the with the roadmap there, there is. are tropes associated with it the matrix is not that different from a self-discovery or a coming out story C- correct it, it follows those beats we know what they are but the story after that story is less codified yeah in, in pop culture certainly yeah and also 
this movie is hornier again. It's so horny. Not that The Matrix is like a totally asexual film. Right, we got some fun oogling to do, but... But compared to the first Matrix and this movie, this is, is a huge so difference. deeply horny. And I feel like it could be confusing for people who hadn't seen Bound, but had seen the first Matrix movie. Uh-huh. How horny this movie is in comparison to the first Matrix Cause, movie. Because, yeah, this is certainly Bound levels horny. Yeah. Horny, it's horny, it's horny. more diplomatic about it to get right. around the Hollywood big budgetness of it all. But just just rocking bods, top <laughs> to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so anyway, Trinity blows these men up and then beats their asses. Yes. Uh, she's in. Um. <laughs> so uh, we, but we're getting some like cuts. Like we're yeah. it's hard to track the sequence. This is not happening. In a trackable order. We because don't... she's fighting these folks, and, and then, then she's busting out a window way up at the top yeah, of the building. falling out of a skyscraper, shooting upward, an agent is in the air with her falling towards her, shooting at her. So it's a traditional cut, but like we know time has passed. Right, this is, this is not a, a, a logical sequence. Yeah. And they are shooting at each other in slow motion, she's in yeah. deep peril, she's clearly been injured in she's this got, interim like, cuts on her face yes yeah, she's like all that. beat up um and then wham something smashes into a car below we actually see the agent shoot her yeah oh yes yes the agent shoots her under the ribs and it's very like there's a blood splatter yes and... it's a it's a mortal wound yeah and then something to cap it off slam into the car below and it's really like like abrupt. the car sort of like folds it in is on itself. A, a huge impact and neo wakes up it's like oh shit it's a dream it's a dream everything is dreams it's the matrix yeah, hello welcome back to the matrix yeah. dreaming um he is in bed next to trinity and yeah. she is sleeping soundly and well um but he is disturbed he kind of tries to compose himself she wakes up and she tries to calm him yep um, meanwhile, um, so the, we're on the Nebuchadnezzar again. Yes. Um, and they, it, um, Morpheus is, uh, at the controls with our new operator. Yeah. Link. Link. I, oh God, the actor's name is escaping me at the moment. Me too. Uh, he, I love I him. He, he was in Romeo and Juliet. He plays Mercutio. <laughs> That's him. That's him. That's my boy. What the hell? Um, his name. I'm, sorry, I, I need to Harold take a moment. Harold Perrineau. I need to take a moment because I knew that, that I that recognized him from somewhere. Yeah, Harold Perrineau. But I did not realize that that was him. He's Mercutio. That's iconic. Also, he was on Lost. Okay, fair enough. I'm more <laughs> freaking out about the Mercutio connection. That's cause... so funny because, like, I saw both of these those two movies like around yes, the same time for the first time. Same. So, like, I always, I was like, oh, hey, it's Mercutio. I didn't ever make that connection. I think because he's so glammed up as Mercutio he's, for most of the he's time. He's really glam. Yes, it's true. He's great. He's great. I love this guy. Yeah, no, he's, I think just, just for that interpretation of Mercutio alone, instant queer icon status, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. No, he's great. He's great. So, he's our new operator. Um, and, uh, he... Link, we get the sense he's a bit um, trepidatious. He's the he's the new guy around, yeah. and he's not necessarily on the same page as everyone else. Um, and Orpheus or Orpheus Morpheus, 
I was reading the word operator and Morpheus at the same time, and Orpheus is also a thing. Um, Morpheus. Morpheus in the the underworld. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's a whole thing. So Morpheus talks to him and says, like, listen, you volunteered when, you know, I needed a crew. You volunteered to be the operator. But I get the idea that you don't trust me completely, and I need you to. That's so funny. And he says, yes, I will, sir. And then I do. Yeah. Like, he corrects himself. <laughs> yeah. But it's a telling moment. Yeah, that, like, he's telling not he's, fully yeah. on board. He's not a believer yet. Yeah. Uh, so, he, yeah, he says, I, I do. Um, now, uh, and then Morpheus tells him to um, get, the, get ready to broadcast. Mm-hmm. So, um, we cut back. Neo is now... Um, sitting in, uh, I guess, like the canteen, right? The galley. I don't know what you call it on a, <laughs> on on a, a hover ship. Yeah. Um, looking sleepless, and Trinity joins him, um, saying, "Still can't sleep. You want to talk? This is apparently an ongoing problem." Right. Um, and he says they're just dreams, and she starts to say, "If you're afraid of something." Um, and we start to get the idea that maybe she doesn't know what he's dreaming about. Yeah. He's she, having mad dreams, but he doesn't want to talk to her about them. She is not aware that, that she's dying in these dreams. Yeah. Um, he says he just wishes he knew what to do. Um, Trinity says she's gonna call. Don't worry. We can assume this is the Oracle. Yes. That's really the only she that we know. Other than Trinity. (laughs) So, process of elimination. Um, At this moment, uh, Link comes and finds them. Mm -hmm. Um, Trinity asks if they're ready to go, and Link says, we are already late. So, uh, we cut into the Matrix. Yeah. As we see sort of a, a meeting, a gathering of... A lot of cool folks that mm-hmm. we've never seen before. Yep. These are the other captains of Zion. We finally get to see them. We see them. We we knew sort that of... That there were other ships. They mentioned that there were other ships. This. There's a mention of other people. There's a mention of Zion. Mm-hmm. But now we meet them. And they all look just as cool... Of <laughs> ...as the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar. It's very sudden. <laughs> it's just like, here, here are, they are all these people. Here is Jada Pinkett Smith. Yes. As Niobe, um, captain of the Logos. And she is reporting to all of these gathered captains. Yep. Um, the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar does not seem to be here yet. They're late. They're late. <laughs> uh... So, uh, she tells them all that sentinels are drilling toward Zion, and they are ready to eradicate the citizens once they get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're just boring their way down, and everyone's like, holy shit, that's (laughs) crazy. What do we do? Um, they're almost 2,000 meters deep already, um, we don't necessarily know how deep Zion, Zion is, is, but this is... It seems like a big problem. It's, it's clearly a big problem. Um, there's the mention of um, transmission from the Osiris, mm-hmm. um, which is a story that is covered in Last Flight of the Osiris Ooh, in the Animatrix. A little bit fun. Rogue One style. I see. We, we get to fill that gap in. Oh, nice. So that's exciting. Um, but... 
there is some question about how accurate these scans from the Osiris can be, because that would mean that there are a quarter of a million sentinels. And they're like, no fucking way, that's impossible. And this is Morpheus's grand entrance. Um, He just strides and he's like, why not? Why not? A sentinel for every man, woman, and child in Zion. That sounds exactly like the thinking of a machine to me. Good point, Morpheus. Um, (laughs) Niobe throws him some shade. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an energy between the two of them. They know each other. Yeah. There's history here. Um, The congregation continues discussing this problem. Um, In 72 hours, there are going to be a quarter of a million more sentinels in the area causing problems for everybody. Um, they question what they're going to do about it, and Niobe says that Commander Locke has ordered all of the captains to return to Zion. Uh, and Morpheus is like, yeah, and then what about the Sentinels? (laughs) And Niobe says, a strategy is still being formulated, and Morpheus says, I'm sure it is. (laughs) So we're getting more of a picture of some relationships happening here. Exactly. Uh, they, somebody asks Morpheus what he thinks they should do. Because mm-hmm. Morpheus, clearly we're getting the idea that, like, there's, you know, Commander Locke, who's, like, yeah. their boss. Right. There's all the other captains, but Morpheus holds some sway yeah. in a particular way. Exactly. Uh, he's sort of their favorite guy. Right. <laughs> and... Um, He thinks that they should do as they're ordered to do, but somebody should stay behind Mm -hmm. uh, in case the Oracle attempts to contact because they are waiting to hear from her about... How to fulfill the prophecy. Yes, the prophecy that Morpheus believes in. And he, he acknowledges that some of the some of the people there believe what he believes and others don't. Yes. He's diplomatic about it. Always. Always and, diplomatic. And while he's saying this, Neo kind of notices something weird. He, yes. Some, he senses. Yeah. Something. He doesn't know what it is. With his special brain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, someone, <laughs> I like this. Uh, this is a great line. Um, somebody tells him, you know, this is bullshit. You're asking one of us to mm-hmm. disobey direct order. And Morpheus says, that's right, I am. But we well know that the reason most of us are here is because of our affinity for disobedience. disobedience. Perfect. These fucking lines could be delivered by no one but Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. This was a movie where I ended up thinking a lot about almost everybody mm-hmm. that, like, this is challenging dialogue. Extremely challenging. <laughs> because the level of pontificate and I don't necessarily mean that as a positive but, or a negative, but, but it is like, like yeah. It's it's just, it would turn to meal in the mouths of most actors. It's but this cast doesn't have much trouble. They ground it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I mean Larry knows how to do Shakespeare. Yes. He can say this like he means it. Yes. <laughs> He's he, he, he does, does it, it easily because of our affinity for disobedience. Uh, he gets to talk more in this one, which I like. He's he does a lot of speechifying, like like in the first one. Uh, but he's he's maybe got a lot a little more 
for himself. He's got exactly. his own plot other than well, just being the guy telling Neo how to do there's Neo. There's a clear attempt to give him relationships. He has relationships. He has depth. He's not just like, well, I'm the guy who believes in you. Like, exactly. He... Yeah, and it's it's nice because Lawrence Fishburne gets to, to give Morpheus... He already had a lot of personality, mm-hmm. but he gets to be more personal. Yes, he gets to be one. more of a more of a human being. Yes, and, le- and less of the the sort of like the sage. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Morpheus is asked what he's gonna do when he gets back to Zion, and Locke throws him in the stockade, and Morpheus is confident that won't happen. <laughs> and this uh, this captain says. Ballard is his name. He says, "Fine, I'm gonna, I'll do it just to see what happens." Mm-hmm. Thirty-six hours. Uh, meanwhile, out in sort of the entryway to this meeting location, mm-hmm. a young guard uh, opens the little door slot thing, and Smith is there. We hear and we're him like, huh? How could this be? He says, "He got I'm, exploded." I'm looking for Neo, and this guy says, "Never heard of him." Which He's is good fun. at his job. Yes, um, Smith has a gift hmm. for Neo. You see, he set me free, and he passes a box through. This is entertaining. Yeah, we're like, oh shit, what the fuck is going on? I need to know, it's, I need to it's know. It's not just like, oh, he showed up and he's like, oh, he's back, nothing happened. It's not a retcon. Yeah, no, it's like, something's going on here. How- that thing we saw last time didn't mean what we thought it meant. Correct. Um, so the guy takes it, he's like, whatever, piss off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Neo comes out at this moment and asks who that was. And they're like, how did you know someone <laughs> right. was here? Um, and they give him the box. He gave you this. He said you set him free. He opens the box and sees Agent it's the Smith's earpiece. earpiece. <laughs> that is huge. Like, what a yeah. great moment of communication. We know where it's like he's unplugged. Yeah. He's not an agent anymore. And you're like, oh shit, what does that mean? What, how did, what is, what is he then? That's, that's different. What is he? Ooh. Ooh. And so, but Neo takes this very seriously. He says, the meeting is over. Retreat to your exits. Agents are coming. Because he can also, with his spidey senses, tell there are some actual normal agents right. on, on the, the way. way. He tells them to go. Um, they run out just as agents start pounding down the door. Yep. Uh, and they... Bust in, and Neo says, hiya, fellas. <laughs> Just, the one-liners in this movie are out of control sometimes. They're so silly, but, like, <laughs> it's so fun. It's delightful. Um, and they do their agent thing. Hits him, the anomaly, do we proceed? Yes, he's still only human. Mm-hmm. This is a thing throughout the movie. Neo is, they keep saying this, only human, just a man. Now that's something gendery that keeps happening. He's just a man. He's just a man. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's said several times. Here they say human. Yes. But a a lot of other times, they keep saying he's just a man. Gender. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And he starts fighting with them, and they're doing okay. And Mm -hmm. he says, hmm, upgrades. Upgrades. (laughs) Um, But... Yada yada yada. Big we're gonna fight. we're gonna skip over a lot of the fighting because 
much as we love it, yeah. Yuan Wuping did his thing and we just love it. Yes. We don't need to do a blow by blow. Yeah. If no, you want to see absolutely. it, watch the movie. Yeah. Which I hope you did, by the way. <laughs> you shouldn't be here. <laughs> it seems like this is, um, there's more compartmentalization in this movie. Yes. It's like either the plot is moving forward or we're in a, just a delightful fight scene. Yeah. And I'm not mad about no, it. No, But absolutely. it is different because in the first movie, fight scenes were used to sort of do a lot more communicating yeah. of ideas. But there were cer- certainly there were more ideas in that first movie that could be communicated through fighting. And I think that if something is being communicated through fighting in this film, it's almost... This, this is my thesis for this mm, movie. Mm-hmm. Is that it's almost like an old-timey swashbuckler film. Ah, okay, okay. Where sometimes people sit and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But other times, in lieu of a conversation, they just fight each other instead. Like with Seraph. That's what made me think of it was that specific fight. Yeah. Because that has a very, like, Mask of Zorro-ish yeah, like, feel. Sorry, I just had to fight you for exactly. a minute. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And that's, Now that we've got that out of the way. That's when I was just like, there's a set of characters who just talk to each other. Uh-huh. And there's another set of interactions that only happen through fighting. Yes. It's its own special kind of communication. Exactly. A little like a musical. And it feels that way... Because there's like the in-between parts and then the big showcase sequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it mean... It has that energy. F- fights are basically dances. Yes. And sometimes you have to communicate using that. Yeah. So, we're learning... We are learning some things. We're yeah. learning about the agents and what's going on with them. We're learning how far Neo has come as the one and what exactly. he's capable of now. Exactly. We're seeing it demonstrated. Are, at least, I don't know if every fight is communicating that much, but this one is catching us up to speed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now I want to see what a Matrix musical would be like. It would probably be <laughs> hilariously terrible. I cannot see that working, <laughs> but I love it anyway. Honestly, that sounds like a, an unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt kind of yeah, concept. Matrix the musical. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so there's an intense battle, yep. um, but Neo uh, escapes because ultimately you can't really dispatch with agents. You just sort of put them off. I mean, he 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 sort of like blasts off. Yeah, he's just like I'm done here. And the ground ripples and all. He that does stuff. his thing. Yeah. He does his Superman thing. Yes, we'll hear in a second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it, I like that they just fucking double down on that. Like, yeah. no, he flies. All the time. Like... Well, they showed at the end of the first movie that he yeah. could do it. Mm-hmm. And if you could fly around, why wouldn't why you? wouldn't you do it all the time? I just like I I did. That's one moment in the first movie that I always found kind of silly. It's like yeah. what he just flies now, and they're like, yeah, yeah, he, he does. Just, he just flies. He just flies and now. Everyone else in the movie has the reaction to it that you do as an audience member, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, then. I guess, sure. <laughs> sure, he's going to fly around. <laughs> he can do that, I guess. <laughs> so, he, yeah, he blasts off because, uh, you know. Yeah, what you, can he do? You, you can't kill yeah, agents. Exactly. You just put him off for a while. But we see some something very interesting. Yeah. We see two Smiths. Just sort of bantering with each other. Yep. Uh, and that, we're like, boy, we're learning a lot of new things about Smith today. Smith in this movie makes me think of, like, sock puppet accounts. <laughs> and, and, and Twitter bots and things yes, like that. Yes, he's a Twitter bot! Like, the, 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 like, 50 billion Twitter bots that all say this, that all tweet the same tweet. Yes. <laughs> 
I mean, he's a computer virus now. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah. He's a computer virus. So, um, they say yeah, that when is expected, yes, it's happening exactly as before. Well, not exactly. And we're like, what's happening like before? What are you talking about, Smiths? It's, 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 it's so funny to me, because I think when I first saw this movie many years ago, I attributed a lot of things that, that are said and that happened in this movie to, like, sequel meta-ness mm-hmm. which kind of irritated me at that time right and now i'm like oh no cyclical happenings are just the, the main theme of this movie yeah i mean it's yeah that, that is he's that is... talking about this movie yeah. he's talking about things we learn about in this movie exactly it's just such a weird and convoluted movie that it, it, it can be hard sometimes I, I love how convoluted it is oh yeah i mean it's got a <laughs> lot of flack for it but like ballsy i, I think that I respect it more every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they did all this. They did it! <laughs> Somebody let them, and they were like, we're doing it! You cannot it's like stop us! a level of ambition that is rare. Right, and, and they not, don't... And not appreciated enough. And that's, I think, a, a theme we're gonna see... More, yeah. ...throughout this filmography. Yeah. Is these women just being like, so this is what we're doing, get on board. Yeah. And with, like, very little compromise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after you make the Matrix. Exactly. So, Neo, fly, fly, fly. He flies to the Oracle's apartment. Yeah. But it is empty. It is abandoned. She's not home. Where's the Oracle? And Neo even says it. He's like, where'd you go? Where, Where are you? Um, so, oh, I did skip over a little bit. We see, little tiny um, scene, yeah. yeah, Morpheus and Link and Trinity. Uh, They're just talking about how, how. What happened? Agents came out of nowhere. Is Neo okay? Uh, he's doing a Superman and, thing. And this is most of what Link does for most of the movie. He just tells us where everyone is. Well, he reacts. Yeah. He's us. Yeah. Well, what, what, most of what he does in the movie is just something weird happens in the Matrix and then we see him going, what just happened? Uh-huh. And he gets more and more flustered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really quite fun just to see him have a harder and harder time with what's happening. Tracking what's going on. Yeah, he's not prepared for this. You know, like the he's previous probably... crew, uh, you know, Tank, he was like on board with the idea and excited to see it happening. Right. Link just got here. <laughs> he's in over his head with this particular crew. Yes, yes. Like... Tank was a disciple of Morpheus. Right. Like he was he was a believer. Right. He bought into it yeah. right away. He was... And he and he'd done shit like this before. Mm-hmm. Like for a long time. Right. And like when all the stuff with the one starts happening, he's like, oh boy, it's what I've been waiting for. Right. I'm excited to see this all playing right. out. Exactly. I want to be here. This is why I'm here. Link just he's the new guy he's just like this is all very weird this is a job yeah i took a job like (laughs) i don't know if i believe it and that's his sort of arc is like i will i do trust you right right and then he becomes a believer exactly so um yeah we see him doing his superman thing um and trying to figure out where the oracle is yes she's not there yep um so this is when the Nebuchadnezzar arrives at Zion. Yeah. And we get this whole sequence of all the technical stuff, the it's airplane a lot of sort of landing, yeah. yeah, whole 
Uh, maintain present velocity in standby. Roger we, that. Yada, yada, yada. We see the one kind of guy who, if I'm remembering correctly, is more of a character in the third movie. Yeah, so he'll come in, in a moment. We So we get a lot of this business of, like... Getting opening into the, the city, opening and the gates. It and takes we, some time. Yeah, and we get and so we get a great look at mm-hmm. Zion, and it's sort of a cylindrically it's, shaped city. It's very industrial looking. Mm-hmm. Lots of like airlocks and yeah. stuff. It's all made out of bare metal railings. Yeah. Um and It makes sense as a city that's been like drilled into the like the deepest part of the earth, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> And we see a fun thing, which doesn't come up really in this film, but will mm-hmm. next time, the big Aliens-style mech yes. suit robots. Yes. Yeah. We see one of these guys, and that's it for yeah. this movie. Just that one. And we it, establish that they have them. The, yeah, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> I feel like m- my recollection of the third movie, and we'll see if it bears out, is that much of the third movie is, is focusing on the people in those mech suits. It's, there's a lot of big robot suits. <laughs> uh, it's a twist. So we see one of those fellas, um, and we uh, we finally are docked, and the door to the Nebuchadnezzar opens, and we see Captain Mufune. Uh, he's this very uh, austere-looking older Asian gentleman. Yeah. Uh, he greets Morpheus. Um, and Morpheus asks if he's here to escort him to the stockade. <laughs> and Mifune um, says he's just here to keep the peace. And then we've got an overzealous lieutenant who says, Commander Locke demands, <coughs> requests <laughs> yeah. your immediate counsel, sir. He's kind of an agenty sort of fellow. Yeah, he is. He gives me agent vibes. Yeah. He's a little overzealous. I mean, it's funny because, like, in this movie, we get to see that, like, some of the Zion people are very sort of, like, legalistic or almost conservative feeling compared mm-hmm. to others. Locke. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. And, like, here's where 9-11 comes in. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that. I feel like it has to be acknowledged because that happened in between right. these two movies. And now we have a movie about this important human city coming under attack and the yeah. brave men and women who have to strike back against them for all of mankind. Like... Yeah, it's kind of a lot. I mean, at this time, that's just what everything right. was. That was the... That was life. Like, you know, you're a few years younger than me, so you right. are quite little. I was aware of what was going on. I didn't know as much about what it meant. Right, and, like, I was still pretty little. Right. But, like, old enough to, like, feel the vibe of, like, this weird patriotism and this, like, we gotta do what we gotta do. Like, you're with us or against us. Like, and and there, it was sort of this weird idea of, like, you have to get on board. There are no alternatives. And it's it's interesting because I feel like this movie is more nuanced than that, at least. Absolutely. And and that's absolutely <laughs> like, too. Like the Lana character the, the the character credit. that's like most most sort of hardline about is, it. Is sort of not the hero of the movie. Right. And our hero is the one who's like 
hey, like, maybe there's another way. Right. There's a third option. Like, can we... I don't know. It's interesting, though, because you think about this with the sort of council meeting type scenes and then, like, what the Star Wars prequels looked like coming out around the same time with this huge emphasis on councils and tribunals and Right, right. Summits and things. Senate meetings (laughs) and things like that. And now, and I will say, I think that it is very interesting that, you know, you see this acknowledgement of this sort of, like, compulsory patriotism and militarism. Right. and a, a push against it. Because yeah. obviously there were folks who yeah. at the time were like, wait, no, this is not good. This right. doesn't make sense. I don't agree. But and they were like shouted down. They were absolutely shouted down. And the only way to like sort of safely talk about something that may have been obliquely. Yeah, exactly. So I, I get the sense that Lana and Lily were yeah. like... Uh, sort of pushing is... back against the, the current climate right. of that time. But it, they were trying to do it indirectly. Yeah, and I think it works. And it's it's interesting, too, because, like, that's our perspective, not only as people who are very young at the time, but as white people. Right. Because, like, that climate, I've talked to people who are, like, who are South Asian, for example, and that climate was difficult. Yes, absolutely. In terms of, like, the Islamophobia and stuff that was happening. Absolutely. And so in this movie, what's interesting to me is that the society of Zion seems very diverse. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's interesting um, how I feel like there was a lot of thought put into that. And um, that's something we can sort of talk about as we get more into Zion Zion and the people of Zion. uh, And even, like, the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting it's just interesting. Yeah. And it's it's nice to have good things to talk about in that area because later on there'll be racial stuff that's more troubling. For sure. <laughs> but certainly we can see from this that these filmmakers have always been dedicated to portraying people diversely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's always that intention there. Yes. That good intention. Yeah. So, um, Mifune, uh, yeah, kind <clears> of, <throat> uh, requests your immediate counsel, sir. Morpheus tells Link to get the ship ready to go as soon as humanly possible. Right, understandable. Yeah, um, and he leaves, and Neo's like, yo, what's this vibe? Right. <laughs> and, the, uh, Trinity explains that there's sort of a love triangle going on where Niobe used to be with Morpheus, now she's with Locke. Um, after Morpheus went to the Oracle and became a zealot, something happened. Zen, everything changed. Yes, and maybe she wasn't as into dating this, like, crazy The thing I always guy. wondered, we don't see a lot of the Niobe-Locke relationship. Mm-hmm. But I always wonder if that if that's an ethical relationship, given that he's, like, their boss. yeah. Certainly gave me some weird feelings too, but like they get around that by like not showing us the relationship at all. Never though. When we do, we're like, "Yuck! Dump, dump this loser." Well, it's sort of the one scene we get between them is sort of a breakup scene. Yeah, a little bit. Um, well, and then and then well, hey, yeah, we don't need to get ahead of ourselves here, but um, yeah, certainly weird. Um, but like also just sort of a pretty common, yeah, relationship in and movies. It's, it, it's it's pretty understandable. Like, There's not so many people around. Exactly. <laughs> and especially, like, Morpheus and Locke are, like, foils for each other. 
For sure. Right? That's that's the idea. Yes. Even without Niobe in the middle. Not sure what she sees in Locke, though. No. He, he doesn't seem very pleasant. No, he seems like a bad boyfriend. Uh, but yes, so we get that sort of explanation mm-hmm. of that backstory. Um, and then a kid arrives. He's like, hey, Neo, Neo, golly. And it's funny because he's like, not like a child. No, child. he seems like maybe 19. Yeah. But they just call him Kid. Yeah. He also gets a story in the Animatrix. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I feel like he's very similar. He's less, he's he's more innocent, but he reminds me uh, stature-wise and mannerism-wise of Mouse. In sure. The first film. Sure. He's got kind of a G golly whiz yeah, kind of thing that, about him. Yeah. Uh, he's just he just really looks up to Neo a lot. Yeah. And it's and it's cute <laughs> if cloying. Yeah. Um. And Neo's like, oh God. And Trinity's like, how does he always know? Uh. And uh, they're just clearly not wanting to deal with this boy. They at this dropped time. the tidbit that Neo saved his life. And he's like, no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to own that. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to know that story, watch oh, the Animatrix. Oh, cool. So this kid is just really excited to see them. And he's like, can I carry your bags? And they're like, no, it's okay. And Link's like, you can carry mine. <laughs> <laughs> Link has no time for him. It's very funny. Well, he's just like, well, if you're offering. Exactly. Fine. Yeah. Uh, and he tells them like, well, you know, next year I'm old enough to join a crew. And I've been thinking about it a lot. And they're like, I bet you have. And he's like, I want to join the Nebuchadnezzar. And they're like, no, really? Um, and he's like, I know that there's other crew positions that haven't been filled, and, you know, this is meant to be, like, you're the reason I'm here, and Neo's like, no, not really, and he's like, no, but it's true, you saved me, and Neo's like, not really. (laughs) (laughs) He's uncomfortable with the role of savior. Yeah, we see that a lot in this. He keeps coming up. This is the first time we see him being presented as this savior, uh, this hero, and he's like, no, I didn't, I don't, I don't want to own this yet. Some of that is because of his, like, what do I do now thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. He's, he's feeling a little lost as far as what he's supposed to be doing exactly. here. And that's why we're waiting to hear from the Oracle. He's like, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Like, <laughs> right. I do not know. Uh, so right. I'm the one. Now what? Exactly. Uh, and he doesn't want to own the role yet. Yep. Uh, cut to Locke's office, and Morpheus is getting chewed out. Yep. I've been chewed out. Uh, and, uh, Locke is giving him a chance to explain himself. Mm-hmm. Very angry headmaster of mm-hmm. him. Locke is intense. He's a lot, and Morpheus is just not having it. He says, I, I uh, I wasn't aware that my actions required any explanation. <laughs> Um, and he's just like, yep, uh, like, you know, you know what you did. Morpheus is like, I do know what I did. Yeah. Uh, Morpheus says, I would have stayed, but I needed to recharge my ship. He's <laughs> like, oh, no, that would be me out there, but I, I wasn't able to do it, so I asked someone else to do it for me. Um, and Morpheus tells him, like, listen, we need to get contact from the Oracle. If we're all back here, we can't hear from her. And Locke's right. like, I don't give a shit about this stuff. I do not believe in what you believe. This is garbage bullshit and it's a waste of my time <laughs> right um and morpheus just sticks to his guns he has his convictions yeah. and he's not gonna back down 
Um, I, I love the exchange. Locke says, God damn it, Morpheus, not everyone believes what you believe. And Morpheus says, my beliefs do not require them to. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's good. He's just, he's like, no, I will not give any ground. Like, yeah. do what you want to do, say what you want to say. This doesn't change anything for me. Is this, this, it reminded me of something. It's a slight sidetrack, but it's just interesting mm-hmm. to me. As someone who grew up in like a fundamentalist-ish religious environment, mm. it's interesting how people in that environment, from what I can remember, really liked and latched onto the first Matrix movie. It's sure got a lot of fun, juicy symbolism. Yes. And then people in that realm tend not to like the sequels as much. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Which tracks if you think about it for even a second. It does. It does. And this is the first, like, point where it sort of pinged for me that I was like, if people who are using the Matrix as a religious allegory are latching onto Morpheus as, like, the conduit for that allegory, Mm -hmm. this might be a point where they find themselves diverging from him. Right. I mean, like, and then ultimately, like, his faith is just wrong. Yeah, exactly. He's just wrong. Yeah. So. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. It's just something I think about. Yeah. So, back in the corridor... At Zion, um, we were back with the kid and Link, um, and uh, he, the kid is telling them about there's this big gathering happening tonight, people are scared, what's going on, is it something big? And Link says, we can't say anything, mm-hmm. stop asking. Um, and we get another really great view of Zion yeah. and sort of all of the homes, this sort of residential area uh, for, you know, where the, the actual hu- human life occurs. Right. Um, back in Locke's office, there's a lot of sort of back and forth cutting because there's mm-hmm. a lot more characters in this one. Many more characters. You know, there's not really anywhere else to go in the first movie. Right. But here we've got all these characters living their own lives, having their own subplots. Yep. So. Yeah, almost everyone gets a subplot. It's interesting. Yeah. Of some kind or another. Something. Um, Locke says that he's going to recommend to the council that Morpheus be removed from duty. And Morpheus is like, well, if you gotta, you gotta. Mm-hmm. No remorse here. Um, and this is when Counselor Hammond comes mm-hmm. in. He's just an old white guy. Yep. There's um, like two old white guys in this movie. There's like the cool one and the not so cool one. Right. And he's, <laughs> you know, Hammond, he, sometimes you're like, What's this guy up to? But ultimately, he seems benevolent. Yeah. Um, you Well-intentioned. Know, he's yeah. a kindly gentleman. He has interesting stuff to say. Yes. Um, and Hammond says that the council has asked him to speak at the temple gathering. Um, the people have to be told what's happening. And Locke is like, sure, but like maybe be discreet about it. People will freak out. And Hammond's like, well, yeah, that's true. What do you think, Morpheus? Locke is not happy about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I get, like, um, sort of Hamilton perv right, right. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, and Morpheus tells him to tell the truth. People won't panic. There's nothing to be afraid of because everything's going to work out fine. Uh, and Hammond's like, uh, you sure about that? And... Morpheus says, you know, after everything we've seen in the past six months, we've freed more people than in the past six years. Interesting. You know, clearly the machines are growing desperate, and that's yeah, a good sign for exactly. us. They wouldn't do this if they weren't afraid. 
Solid logic from all that we know. Yes. And Hammond's like, well, okay, if you say so. Um, He says, I hope you're right, Captain. And Morpheus says, I do not believe it to be a matter of hope, Counselor. It is simply a matter of time. Another one of those great lines. And time! I like how everyone in this movie seems to be really responding to each other in the conversations. Yes. They are not just quipping at each other. They're dialoguing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Heavily, intricately. Yes. It's almost choreographed the yeah, way that ex- they That's the thing. It's almost to an extent where it's like, Morpheus especially, it's like, how can he think of these things mm-hmm. to say so quickly? Because he's so wise. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's so wise. But it also kind of reminds me a little bit of almost like a like a platonic dialogue. Yeah. Like the way that it's like these characters are set up to say these certain things to arrive at this certain point sort of rhetorically. Yes. Like. No, compared to the first movie, it's hugely more that way in this one, I think. Yeah. Where we're not, we're almost not looking at like two human beings having a conversation. We're looking at an idea being played out with two voices. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Because it's a work of philosophy, ultimately. That, that's what this movie is. <laughs> The authorial voice is strong. <laughs> Very strong. So, uh, back to the other crew. Um, they're on the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, Link says, okay, time to get off the elevator, kid. You're coming with me. These two have things to do. I'll wink. He's cool. Link he gets, gets it. He's like, you guys are dating, and well, I'm he's, sorry. He's going back to see his love as well. Yes, and so he's like, you two don't want this kid hanging around. And I'll... the kid doesn't get it at all. He's just a little boy. <laughs> Um, and they start making out immediately yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> when they're alone. In kind of a frenzied way. Yeah, like, they have their own room. Like, it's kind of awkward. This is what I think is so funny, because they already, like, sleep together yes. on the ship. Clearly, they're, like, a couple on the ship. They have a room together with a door, but, but it's, it's still... Sort of, it, the movie sort of implies that they couldn't have sex on the ship for whatever reason. And I don't really know what that reason is. Some like, sort of diplomatic thing, like, are the walls thin? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. But it acts like, even though they're sleeping together in their room on the ship, they can't have sex on the ship. Yeah, maybe it's just, like, awkward and they, like, it's just not as good because they have to, like, be quiet. quiet. <laughs> That's <laughs> the only thing I can think of, too. Yeah, you know, kind of like like being at your parents' house where you're just like, yeah. oh, this is weird. weird. Yeah, it, I think that's what they're like. Morpheus is just down the hall. Dad's here. Yeah. Like this is weird. Yeah. Like that's. It just kind of spoils it. Only thing I could think that would be true. Yeah, I don't know. But it's funny because the two of them in the first movie have such a chaste energy together. Right. Because they're just getting together. Uh huh. And they're kind of like they're both pretty reserved people. And now they're just unstoppable. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, they start making out, and Neo asks how long mm-hmm. the ship needs to recharge. She says 24, maybe 30 hours, and he's like, that's amazing. It's the best thing I've ever heard. Some people go their entire lives without hearing news that good. Yeah, it's fun. It's playful. It's playful. We love it. It's, We're happy for them. Exactly. It's just funny to contemplate, like, why are they so relieved to not be on that ship? When the- what are the dynamics? Why There's is something going why on? Why are they so repressed? <laughs> Something's up. Unclear. Unclear. We'll never know. Yep. Thin walls. So, <laughs> uh, you know, the Wachowskis and their thin walls. 
god. Oh god. Sure. Makes sense. Checks out. So, um, the doors open and we see the throngs, the adoring masses. Yeah, this is a striking moment. They are supplicant. And yeah. Neo's like, oh, no. He's like, I don't like this part of being the Messiah. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, and an old woman's like, my son, Jacob, he's aboard the Gnosis. Please watch over him. And Neo's like, okay. What are all the names for these ships. Yeah. The Gnosis. They're all like mythological and religious Spiritual, in nature. Yeah. I think every single one of them comes from some mythology. Yeah. So yeah. that's a thing interesting yeah uh and you know they're just like as yeah i have a daughter on the icarus yeah yada yada um and he's like oh no oh no as they're like crowding him and trinity goes to leave and he's like wait don't go and he's she's like nah it's okay like i'll see you later yeah and he's like no i still don't want to be here <laughs> <laughs> i don't like this sort of was like we were gonna have sex like, Why do I have to be Jesus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> common common messianic problem. Yes. Meanwhile, someone uh, else is about to get cock-blocked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of cock-block in here. In this part of the movie. So Link opens up oh. his front door, and it's so he's, funny. He's, he's kind of making a, a sexual comment. Yes. And then... There are children there. Uncle Link! And he's like, oh! Oh, hey! Yeah. <laughs> the family is here, not what I anticipated. It's awkward. And his, uh, si- sister-in-law? Well, Who is? The, the children are, are his, his niece and nephew. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out what relation Gina Torres is. Is yeah, she also Gina. of that same family as his wife? That's what I got the vibe that seems... Gina Torres was Z's... Sister. sister. And that so this is quite right. a big family. Yes. That is implied here. Yes. Tina Torres is there looking beautiful. Yeah. Like the most beautiful woman on earth that she's, she this is. This is like her one scene in this movie. She's in 20 seconds of this film and she's radiant. <laughs> I love Tina Torres. She and Lawrence Fishburne were already married by this point, weren't they? I think so. I think they were at this point. What a, what a fucking couple, huh? I know, right? God. Oh, man. God. So, <laughs> um, Link plays around with his niece and nephew. Mm-hmm. He, they're so big. Um, and he's like, you guys should be picking me up. And they try to lift yeah. him, and it's cute. He did have yeah, the uncle thing. Um, and then uh, Cass, Gina Torres, is like, okay, time to go, kids. Like, they want to talk to each other now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, um, you know, she greets him warmly. Um and it's like, hey, be nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and Z's like, I'm the one who's going to have to be nice to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's the one who's going to get and it. And he's like surprised. He's like, like what? whoa, what's this vibe? Um, and Cass and the children leave. And Link's like, hey. And he's like trying to get all mm. smoochy. And she's not having it. Z mm-hmm. is mad. And she says that every ship has been home two or three times more than the Nebuchadnezzar. Um, so... Clearly, like, returning home frequently is a thing that is expected. Naturally. And the Nebuchadnezzar does not do this. Doesn't do it. It sort of clarifies something we talked about when we were talking about the first movie. Mm. Which is, why are the ships flying around so much? What do do they do? It's to go up to broadcast. Right, exactly. Yes. But, like, Which had been sort of the, the, our 
assumption. assumption. Yeah. But now it's but sort of clarified. It's clarified, especially that the Nebuchadnezzar spends more time out there broadcasting and doing matrixy things than most other people in Zion have caused to do. Mm-hmm. Which makes a lot more sense. Because Morpheus goes hard. Exactly. <laughs> so Z is pissed and mm-hmm. he's like i thought we talked about this like mm-hmm. it's it's out of my hands like i you know i promised that i would take this job um for your brother dozer who died oh and that's like okay so tank and dozer so now and we we also find out that tank has died as well yeah and tank and dozer were z's brothers large family yeah, two sisters, two brothers at least. But it, I think most families in Zion would probably be large families. They would just really want to populate, I would think. Probably so, everyone has a lot of siblings, a lot of children. Yes, and we knew that Tank and Dozer were born in Zion. Yes. So it presumably Z and yeah. Cass were as well. Um, so yes, Link took this job sort of as a promise right. to take their place on the Nebuchadnezzar. And he's like, I can't go back on that. Like, they died. Right. So, like, I gotta, um, and Z is like, well, I don't like that. And he's like, it doesn't, you know, sorry. I'm, he's like, I, I wish it didn't have to be like that. Um, and she says that. Oh, so he, he says, you think, you think Cass thinks it's fair that I'm here and Dozer's not. Oh, Which Cass is Dozer's, Dozer's wife. wife. Those are Dozer's kids. Oh, oh my no! God. That's even sadder. That's worse. Oh. oh. Okay. Well, so that makes sense. That's why, that's why they were over there. Yeah. So we underscore this whole family dynamic. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Z is afraid that Link is going to die the way that her brothers did. Right. And... Link's like, that's not going to happen. You know, Morpheus said that this is it. It's going to be over soon. And he wants to have faith. Right. He's having trouble having faith. But to his wife, he's like, having faith in this right now. Yeah. To reassure her. Yes. It's going to smooth the situation over. And she thinks that Morpheus is crazy. And Link's like, well, yeah, but Tank and Dozer believed in him. So maybe we should too. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to believe in Neo. Because I'm watching him with my own eyes. And this is crazy stuff. Um, and, and she's just like, you gotta be careful. Be careful. Um, cut forward. It's the big gathering. Yes. And the kid is late. And Counselor Hammond has started his opening prayer. Um, and we don't necessarily need to go through this whole thing. It's yeah. just sort of an inspirational speech um, yep. about everyone who's been lost. And then he turns things over to Morpheus. I find it so funny how much of, like, biblical and epic energy this part has. They're in a cave. And There's a huge crowd. Huge and, crowd, and, and everyone's like, wearing, like, tatters. And <laughs> and the, the, the sort of, like, stone podium up there. Yeah. People are pontificating. Yeah, from. it's a sermon. It is a sermon. I mean, Morpheus gives this gigantic speech. Yeah, another thing we're not necessarily yeah. going to read the entirety of, but he's like... It is a whole sermon. Yes. We're still here after a hundred years. We're still here. Uh, I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. Everyone's cheering. And he says, we'll send them a message. Basically, you know, we're not going to sit here in fear. We're going to fucking party. Yep. <laughs> yep. But he says it with a lot of gravitas and yeah. bare chest. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. This is the first time we've seen Morpheus in, like, this kind of... Yeah. Kind of look. He's at home here. Well, yeah, and he's, like, kind of dressing for the occasion. Usually he's either right. in his, like, schlubby 
work sweaters. Right. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, yeah. he's Mr. Leather Jacket. Like right. looking With his tie and all that All stuff. put together. And yeah. here he's like, he's looking very primal. And this is, there's the a lot of... thing has a primal feeling. Yeah. And I totally get it. Now, this fucking... This goes on forever? This is like half the duration of the film. <laughs> like this scene is so long. The, 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 cave, the cave rave? The cave rave. There's like a there's like a nice little thing before that happens. It's true, it's true. We're, Just remarking Niobe upon and, this and whole Morpheus. sequence and how this whole sequence excessive is it is. Extremely long. It's excessive. No, I'm not mad about it, but it's excessive. There are a lot of scenes in this movie that are just as long as they could possibly be. As long as they could get away with. So yeah, the the party begins. Yeah, he's got like he's wearing like trousers and like a long open vest. Yeah. And just bare chest. That's kind of the look. That's the Yeah. That's the the dress code for the night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lots of bare skin. Yep. Um and uh then he leaves the stage and runs into Niobe. Yeah, they have an interesting little dialogue. Yeah, she, she, they're flirting. Yeah. They're very flirty. And she's, there's significant dialogue that will come back later. Yes. Uh, she says, you know, you used to dance, you were pretty good. And Morpheus says, there are some things in this world that never change. And he sort of makes a move as if he's asking yeah. her to dance. And then Locke... Like, just, like, yells at her like a mad father like it's a weird it's fatherly really vibe creepy he's like Niobe. And then, and then and morpheus like, is just like some things do change <laughs> yeah like <laughs> just trying to cuck this guy right in front of his face like come on morpheus but it's funny fuck you, Locke. we don't see i wonder what Locke's reaction is to what happens next with this crowd like he's not participating in that no way he's he's fucking he's judge to, lord frollo up he's in here. trying to get niobe out of there before the genitals come out. <laughs> like, he's got big Frollo vibes. Yeah. He's like, I'm only here because I, I must be. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. As a, as a, they a don't, pillar of the community. They don't show where he's at during the, like, the orgy, but he's not participating he's in the orgy. He's certainly not there. He and Niobe, we see other couples in the crowd. We don't see that one. Yeah. They have zero chemistry. None. They don't fuck. No. <laughs> No, Those and it's because of not. him. He like, doesn't fuck. <laughs> Which, like, that's fine. But he doesn't need to fuck, but he, Naomi wants to fuck. Yeah, yeah. And he's not here to fuck. <laughs> no, no. He's here to grit his teeth. Exactly. Yep. Look yep. with disapproval. So yeah, Trinity kind of Trinity comes up. Look, it, it seems like a it's a little bit of a mirror of her arrival in the nightclub. Yeah, in the first film, mm-hmm. just like looking very chic, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in her way with her really sexy top. Yep. Um, and they have a moment, and Neo's like, "Hey, can we go somewhere and fuck, please?" Yeah, and, <laughs> and she's she's like, "Sure, absolutely. Let's go to this weird cave or whatever." I found an alcove. Uh, yeah, we can go fuck in it. Well. And then we, I do think that this scene is, like, artistically admirable. It's very well shot. It's just a lot of it. It's, it's long. Just raving and nipples. So many nipples. Count well, them. This is what I think is funny about the scene. Because people mainly talk about how graphic this scene is or what have you. Mm-hmm. Mostly we just see, like, torsos. Just a lot of flesh. Yeah. And people just leaping. Leaping and, there's, and like, leaping. Some fluids. Happening. It's a very wet floor. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's more discreet 
technically than it feels like it is. It feels really raunchy. But it there's just some boobs. Just some boobs. And, and, and the floor is really some wet. Some writhing, some grinding maybe, but that's it. That's it. It's it and the thing I think I think it's like subtly queer. Because it's just sort of like this it's mass of pansexuality. Bodies. Just well, and that's everyone the thing. is They show there's like this one shot where it's just like panning across everybody's chest. Mm-hmm. And there's like You can't really tell who who anyone is. Like like genders are not a thing in that shot. No, like, it's just sweaty bodies. You can't even like really tell who does or doesn't have boobs. Mm-mm. Like Everyone's so fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just sort of like everyone kind of has boobs. Everyone is and and everyone is just beautiful and mostly brown and yeah. just just sweating everywhere. And it's like, how did they get this in an expensive blockbuster movie? It was a yeah. They somebody just didn't want to tell them no. Uh, but you know, I mean, the thing is, it's like it's like Psycho. You know, it's yeah. it's not as explicit as you think that it, it is. There's a lot through implication. Very and, and, and the Neo Trinity yeah, sex scene cut, that they intercut, and there's like no nudity. In no, it. you don't even see her breasts. No, not not ever. Like, not ever. Um, it's just their faces. They're just really, which is like enough. It's plenty. <laughs> Yeah, and they're just all wrapped the, up. The and... music, I think, makes it feel a lot more raunchy than it is, too. Mm-hmm. Just because of the kind of porny music that it it's is. It's pretty porny. Uh, very nightclub. Yeah. But, like, but like tribal nightclub. Yeah. It's, and, okay, so let's talk about yeah, the reason it's here. Yeah. Because I think that it, it does have a very, very good reason. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it is sort of, this is their night to be human. Yes. This is the people of Zion being human beings. Mouse yes. said it in the first yeah. movie. Like, yeah. you know, this is what makes us human. Right. You know, our, our, our sensual experiences. Right. And it, I, do, I do find that, like, a little bit interesting as a comment because of what it might mean for, like, asexual folks. Right. And, yes, there is definitely that side of it. But, you know, I think that it doesn't have to be the idea of, like, feeling sexual attraction but sort of just the the pleasures of the body right to to, to live in your body and move in your because body this and sort of like cave dance orgy thing is like not just a bunch of people having sex with no each other. it's people being human beings exactly together. yes it's having just, a it, having a an, ex, an extreme communal experience and, and a bodily experience yes Yes. You know, it is the opposite of the experience of the Matrix. The Matrix yeah. is 100% in the mind. Yeah. And this experience is 100% in the body. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's like the most radical thing you can do as a human being. Mm-hmm. Just to... And, it, and they're, it's just so joyful. Yes. And so... I mean, primal is just the yeah. word for it. They're, they're, yeah. they're connected to their bodies and to each other's bodies. I just, I just want to say it because it's funny. I was watching, because I watched this movie in bits and pieces and wanted to refresh myself on certain parts of it, I watched rewatched this scene on YouTube, and the comments are a mess. <laughs> but there are a lot of people in the YouTube comments for this scene specifically who are saying things like, people after COVID. Right? And that underscored why it's there. That's why. Because it's just like, if, you, if you're in the apocalypse... You just have to rave it out. That's what these people are doing. Yes. It's like, what else could they do that would be more meaningful? They're just living in their bodies together. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's great. And it's a beautiful scene. And it yeah. goes on forever. <laughs> uh, and also, yes, meanwhile, Trinity and Neo are having their alcove sex, finally. Finally. <laughs> it, it It's very strange because it is like a little alcove. They're on a, like a pedestal. It's, yeah, it's weird. And we sort of zoom in on them and then stay there. So like. We're very close. We don't really know like where they are. We have no idea where what this alcove is. What is this place is. normally used for, this little room? It's a storage room. I don't know. It's, it's a janitor's it's, closet. Is it the sex room? Like, are there more of these? Trudy's just like, I know a place. Follow me. It looks like they're on, like, a stone slab. It's like it's like an alcove in a wall. It's sort of, like, semicircular shaped. Like, it doesn't look comfortable. No, God. Poor Trinity and her, I like, shoulder blades. I was gonna say, like, like she's ouch. laying on whatever that thing is. It looks like sandstone. It doesn't look no but you know that's it looks like she's enjoying herself all the same they're having a good everyone here i mean we got people barefoot in a cave you know no one's having a bad time we're all enjoying ourselves but except for neo then he is having a bad time afterwards because he then he has he has a moment of post-nut clarity yes he does (laughs) and he is back at his premonition and he is disturbed by it she's kind of like oh shit Uh oh man we were just we we just had sex. Can we just enjoy right it for a like just a second? Can we not? Um, but no, she's very uh, kind and yeah. gentle with him about it, and he, they 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 do a very beautiful yeah cuddle the, yeah with the hand holding and the and yeah. then and then the shot I love yes, the shot it's it's, it's cinema it's yeah. beautiful and it's really queer looking like there's just something inherently queer about that image well it's because of the way that they're intertwined with each other they're so intertwined that it's just like it's just like they're one and like mostly what we see is his back his back and her kind of wrapped all the way around him and the like ports in his spine are Mm -hmm. really emphasized Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful image and we just see this like just like shadow all around them just darkness and we just see the shape of the alcove and their bodies just entwined and it's beautiful it's beautiful and and it does feel kind of queer i mean like it's funny i feel like we tend to read it this way more so than probably people did at the time Mm -hmm. but i think neo and trinity are like have some of the like least straight energy oh they've got big t for t vibes like (laughs) yeah a hundred percent well in 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 this shot they they're almost like genderless. Like yeah. they're they're you don't yeah. see anything in their bodies that betrays, you know, manhood or womanhood. It's as, they're as just, anyone might think of it, yeah. They're just bodies wrapped around each other yeah. for comfort. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It's beautiful. It's powerful imagery. It's extremely powerful. Uh and she says, I'm never letting go. Love that. Yeah. Now that line's Still gonna helpful. gonna echo later. Yes. Uh, the, the orgy has ended. Everyone is everyone's just gone to bed. Yeah. I was like, no one stays up. I mean, like two people stay up late in Zion. Yeah. Crazy. They're just like, we all had sex with each other. Time to go to sleep. (laughs) Time to go home. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Why not? And Morpheus says, good night, Zion. Sweet dreams. Cute moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he is the Lord of dreams, Mm -hmm. Morpheus. Uh, meanwhile, Mm, in the Matrix... We see two guys running from agents. They crash through a skylight. Yep. Uh, this is Bane and Malachi. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, are you okay? Did you see the agent? Uh, you know, you we well, we just got to get out. You first, Bane says. 
Uh, the phone is ringing, and Malachi picks it up. We see the cool. They've improved the effect. It looks somewhat. a lot better, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as he exits, a smith actually, yeah, yeah, just one smith yeah, at one this smith. time uh, it, arrives. It did make me think. Do we ever see what it looks like when people manifest into the Matrix? No, they just like appear. They, we just cut to them, and they're there. Yeah, they're just. Bloop. Just blip into existence. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But when you leave, you Phase sputter up out. through the phone. Yeah. Because it's more tense when people are leaving. Fair enough. Arriving is just like, you're here now. It doesn't Fair matter. Enough. We don't it's... need the dramatic tension of it. Uh, so, Bane's like, oh god! And Smith says, Smith will suffice. suffice. <laughs> <laughs> I love my mic! Uh, Smith is the most entertaining slash silly slash ridiculous part of the sequels he's bar none so good yeah he's a highlight he's so camp yes well he just becomes a total troll i love it like authoritarian smith there's some tension there right? yeah he's scary he's intimidating yeah. this smith is just fun kind of hilarious it's a good time he always has a one-liner mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah fucking uh he's so like he... the one person in this movie who does one-liners and he I sticks love it. Out. He's yeah. so quippy. Exactly. And he does his thing, his new trick. He sticks his hand into Bane's chest and yeah. Um, and infects him. Um, and turns into Smith. And they have a little banter. yeah. He uh, Smith one uh, adjusts New Smith's tie. New Smith says thank you, and Old Smith says my pleasure. <laughs> the Smiths seem to be kind of into each other in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Smith's favorite thing is Smith. <laughs> he loves Smith. The, the fight later almost has a similar flavor to the you orgy scene. You should be so lucky to right. be Smith. Love it. Uh, yeah, there is some flirtation between Smiths. Yeah. Love that. Love that. And it's hilarious. the phone rings and Bane Smith oh, yeah. exits the Matrix. It's like, oh shit, he can do that? He can do that now. What does that mean? What happens now? Oh. <gasps> We don't know. We don't know because mm-hmm. we cut to Neo outside in Zion. He once again cannot sleep. Mm-hmm. And Counselor Hammond shows up. He can't sleep either. And Hammond's like, can I join you? And they chat for a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hammond says, you know, he hates sleeping. He slept the first 11 years of his life. Now he's making up for it. So now we know how old Hammond was when he was freed. He looks like he's older. He's old. He's been out for a long time. A long time. And if you think about, like, as far as they're aware, this whole thing is 100 years going. So he's been out for most of the time. Yeah. Certainly at least half of it. Yeah, a large chunk. Because he's got to be, like, in his 60s. If he's in his early 60s, then he's seen 50 years of Zion. And I think he's older than that. Yeah. Yeah. So he has seen a significant chunk of this. Yes. He's been here, which is why he's on the council. Like, who, exactly. you know, yeah. he's, he, he, he knows, being that yeah. old in a place like this means something significant. But he still doesn't want to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Neo's like, yeah, I can't sleep much. Um, and Hammond says, it's a good sign. And Neo says, of what? And Hammond says that you are, in fact, still human. Ooh. We're back to this. Oh, yeah. Human, human. Neo's yeah. human. Interesting. Um, and then he changes subjects. He asks if Neo's ever been to the engineering level. Do you want to see the engineering level? Neo says, mm, okay. Sure. I guess. And they go. 
Um, and it's, it's cool. Yeah, very interesting, intricate Reminds machinery. Reminds me of, of the film Metropolis. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. I'm sure that was very an, an influence. Yeah, because um, in in that movie, there's the engineering level of the constructed city. Yeah, where people don't want to be. Yeah, and I mean, like, definitely, there are some themes and things that that this shares with Metropolis 100%. ideologically. Yeah. So almost certainly an intentional influence there. Uh, so Hammond starts talking about, he starts musing in the way that old men do right. in movies, uh, about how he's like, you know, nobody really comes down here unless there's a problem. Nobody cares as long as it works. Um, but it's interesting, you know, he points out a certain sort of, um, irony of being dependent on these ma- machines to live while other machines are coming to kill them. Something I thought about during the first movie, but they, mm-hmm. they don't bring up at all. They're using machinery. Yes, and to do so, all the things they do. Exactly, and so that I think that that's great that that Hammond's like. He actually says it. He says it. They're thinking about this, and Neo is sort of the the counterpoint in yeah. in the dialogue yeah. here in this Socratic mm-hmm. dialogue, mm-hmm. and um, Neo says, "Well, you know, w- you know, we can we have the same power to give life and end it." And Hammond's like, "Well, yes, I guess so, but you know." all those people are plugged into the matrix we're plugged into these machines too and mm-hmm. neo's like yeah but we control them they're not in control of us and hammond's like oh yeah well yeah good point you're right that's you know you've got it there but says, what is control what is control which is a huge thing that we'll hear <sighs> so yes. much yeah th- i feel like this dialogue and the architect dialogue are yes. absolutely in conversation with each other because yes. Neo here is like, well, I know how this works. Like, n- no, we're we're in control of these machines because we can turn them off. And he's like, well, yeah, we could turn them off, but and then, then die. Yeah, he says, what would happen to our light, our heat, our air? Yeah, we. Um, and Neo's like, oh, so that's your point that we we it's a reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and Hammond is like, uh, old men like me don't bother with making points. There's no point. Which, like, I don't know who this actor is, but that's a hard line to deliver, and he delivers it very clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's just like, nah. Nah, yeah. don't listen to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't listen to me. I'm just a weird old man. Um, and, and it endears us to him, because he's not trying to pontificate. He's just musing, and then when right. someone's like, should I take you seriously? He's like, oh, no. No, right. no, no, exactly. don't take me seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Who am I? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, old men don't bother making points. Neo says, is that why there are no young men on the council? And Hammond says, <laughs> good point. <laughs> That's quite cute. And Neo's like, well, what are you actually thinking? Like, just mm-hmm. speak plainly with me. And Hammond's like, I don't, you know, there's so much that I don't understand. I don't know how that recycling machine recycles our water supply. Um, but I don't need to know yeah. to know that why it works. Yeah, that it's important. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to know how that happens. Know that we need it. Right. I don't know how you can be who you are, but you're here for a reason, and right. I I I hope that that bears out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's an interesting. It's a very interesting scene. Yeah. It's one of the. There's two things happening in this movie. Physical action mm-hmm. with very little dialogue. It's almost a silent movie level. Yes. Or extremely intricate philosophical dialogue. <laughs> yes. And how remarkable that it remains 
watchable the whole time. Given that it is alternating harshly between those two things. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get tiresome. Not at all. It's very entertaining. Yeah. It's like, oh, now for a spot of this. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, and now mm-hmm. I'll sample a bit of that. Exactly. Like, we, we can oscillate in it and they carry it off. Yeah. They carry it it's off. astonishing. So uh, that's the end of that mm-hmm. scene. Uh we cut to Trinity's apartment, knock on the right. door, um, and it's Ballard. Um, we This is the first time we see him out of the Matrix. Yeah. And um, Ballard asks if Neo's there. He's got a message from the Oracle. Hmm. Um, Neo says, it's time to go. Um, cutting to Link's house. Link is getting ready to leave, too. Um, and Morpheus, he's like, Morpheus... Said this is how it's going to happen. Um, I don't know. Maybe the prophecy is true. I just, I have to go. Like, this is my job and I have to right. go. And Z has calmed down. She says, I understand. Like, yeah, this is your job. And I don't like it, but I, I have to live with it. Um, and she gives him a chain that is of some religious significance or spiritual significance. really see. It's got a lot of iconography on it. Yeah, it's unclear. like a silver chain made up of, like, lots of little... Thingies. Segments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's not explained. It doesn't need to be. It's no, of some yeah. kind of spiritual significance to Z. Yep. Um, and he's like, I don't need it. And she's like, please, like, this is lucky for me. Just mm-hmm. keep it. It'll make me feel better. And he's like, okay. Um, this is, again, Link as the skeptic. Yeah. Um, he's not comfortable committing to belief right. of any kind. Right. He's just here to do his job. Exactly. Um, cut, uh, cut to, uh, our crew is going to the ship, but Bane is lurking. And he's, like, cutting, cutting himself. Cutting himself. Is like, it... to feel what it feels like. Uh, yeah, like, is Smith just like, hmm. This is what it feels like when a human body feels pain. Yeah, it's Smith weird. Smith seems like the kind of creature that would do he's that. He's a weird creep. He's just inhabiting this body, right? He's just trying it on. Yeah. So he's like, what does this feel like to cut your own hand? <laughs> yeah. And it's just, you know, there's something, we just see this immediately. Like, something's wrong with that guy. Yeah. He ain't right. Yeah. He's a weird creep. Exactly. And he sees them going by and starts, like, following, following them. Following them with his knife. It's a bad, bad knife. It's like yeah. a really gnarly sort of paring knife. Yeah. The blade, like, curves forward like a paring knife. I don't know. It's weird. But... The kid runs up. Neo, Neo. And Link is like, oh, who, who's that? Oh, Bane. And he sees Bane just, like, right there. And they're like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, no, I just wanted to say good luck. I don't know who this actor is, but he does a good job of sounding like Hugo Weaving. Right, but not like Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Like, it's really weird and uncanny and creepy as hell. His vocal pattern is unsettling. He gets it. Yeah. Um, and they're like, okay, thank you. <laughs> and Bane says, we'll see you. Whoa. Oh, he's speaking Whoa. about himself in the plural. Uh. <laughs> um, and the kid runs up just in time. You're going to see the oracle. Morpheus is like, we have to fucking go, this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kid's like, no, I, I promise, I, I give you something, a gift from one of the orphans. Which I assume refers to children who have been recently awoken. Right. Because the gift is a spoon. And, and like, oh, oh, did the boy, the boy get out? Must have. 
So then if it's that boy, then orphan would refer to the, the, the sort the of potentials, the parentless yeah. children who come to Zion. Right. Which is a sobering thought. Yeah. That like the way humans are engineered in the matrix. If you, if you get unplugged, you don't have, you don't have parents. a family. Yeah. You're alone. Oh. So they must have a system where they raise these children that they wake. Yeah. Something. Hammond was one. I mean, Morpheus was one. Trinity was one. Wow. That's a lot to think about. Yeah. That's, that's heavy stuff. Yeah, it is. Um, so Neo sees the spoon and he is heartened by it. Yeah. It's cute. It looks like it's kind of made out of like aluminum foil or something. It's like a big one it's too. It's big. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like. But it's cute. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that kid. Yeah. Aww. It's like, we know who this is from. Good for him. He yeah. got out. Yeah. Um, we cut to Locke speaking to Hammond. He's upset. But I guess yeah. when is he not upset? He's always mad. <laughs> and he's like, I can't believe that you told the Nebuchadnezzar they could leave. And Hammond's like, oh, yeah, well, deal. Yeah. Um, and Locke's like, am I still in charge of the defense system? <laughs> and Hammond's like, yes. And he's like, well, I think we need every ship. And Hammond's like, well, yes, I understand that you think that. But I think our survival depends on more than how many ships we have. Yep. He's a believer. Yep. Locke will never believe! <laughs> yeah. He's the militaristic one. Ugh. I feel like he's not really, he's not like a villain. He's just a, an obstacle. Yeah. He's he's trying to do what he thinks is best. But any good villain does. That's true. That's true. He's just not that bad. No. Given what else we're up against. He's just, he's just a grump. He's <laughs> a mean guy who Niobe needs to break up with. Yeah. Yeah, he's not, it's funny because... In the story, textually, he's not interesting. No. As a comment on American imperialism in 2003, he's interesting. That is what, yeah, that reflection. Yeah. It makes him come alive. Exactly. (laughs) So on the Nebuchadnezzar, um, Trinity is plugging Neo in and she tells him to be careful. And he uh, shows up in some kind of... Chinatown, Mm -hmm. unclear where. Somewhere in the Matrix. Somewhere in the Matrix. Um, And he goes into a building, which seems to be, I don't know, an empty restaurant. It sort of looks that way. There are tables. There's a lot of tables. No one's here and there's nothing else here but tables. It's a very sparse looking, Japanese looking restaurant. Sure. It's fine. And Seraph, um, Mm -hmm. an Asian man wearing sort of traditional Chinese-style clothing, is sitting mm-hmm. uh, cross-legged with a cup of tea, it seems. Mm-hmm. He's looking very cool. Extremely, extremely cool. And Neo greets him. Seraph says, you seek the oracle. Neo asks who he is. He says, I am Seraph. I can take you to her. But first, I must apologize. <laughs> Neo says, apologize for what? Seraph says, for this. And a big old fight. An obligatory, very, very cool fight. To comment on this fight briefly. Yes. God, it's good to see Yuan Wuping choreographing some good old-fashioned yes. fucking kung fu. Yes. Like, it's so good. And this, I'm not familiar with this actor. No. But you can tell he's a lifer. Experience. He is a yeah. real martial artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's making Keanu Reeves look good. You know, the leads of this film, they work their asses off to be able to do what they do. Right. But this guy... 
is the real deal. Yeah, and absolutely. it's great, and it's so classic. Yes, I just it's just delightful. And this to see. is where I felt like this is. I mean, these are martial arts films to whatever degree. Mm-hmm. Like in in the in the old wirework style. Mm-hmm. But this is where I felt that swashbuckling energy. It, yeah, just the kind of like, well, here we are. We must fight. We must fight. And this, the thing is, there's no animosity to this fight. No, it's just something they have to do. It's a sort of part of the niceties. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's, it's a test. Yes. And they do that. And yep. Seraph is satisfied. He says, good. The Oracle has many enemies, I had to be sure. Neo says, of what? Seraph says, that you are the one. And this is where it sort of comes out, you could have just asked. And he says, no, you do not truly know someone until you fight them. That's the ethos of this movie. People are getting to know each other by It's a conversation. Exactly. So, so maybe this whole movie is conversations. It's all conversations of one sort. One, it's either conversations of the mind or of the body. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's that's this film. Yep. Uh, and we enjoy it. Um, and he tells Neo that she's waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes Neo out through the door again, but now the door leads to a white hallway. Intriguing. And Link's like, where'd they go? So we know this is weird. Yeah. This is this is what Link is mostly here in the movie today. Where are they? Where are the, what what's happened? happening? <laughs> How? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> um, and Neo uh, is like, oh, these are back doors. Programmer access. He figures it out. He's a, he's a hacker. He knows. And, yeah. And what a fun concept. Yes. Computer stuff. <laughs> Wee, more computer stuff. And Seraph's like, yes. Uh, <laughs> and Neo asks how they work. Um, and Seraph kind of gives him some woo-woo explanation yeah, yeah. of codes and tumblers. Uh, one position opens a lock. Another position opens a door to somewhere else. Okay. Sure. Why not? Um, Neo asks if Seraph is a programmer. Seraph says no. Um, Neo asks what he is. And Seraph says, I protect that which matters most. Hmm. He opens a door in this hallway that opens onto sort of a, an asphalt city park yeah. area. And we see from behind the Oracle sitting on a bench. Mm-hmm. She's so lovely. I love her. She's delightful. And Seraph, you know, gestures for yeah. Neo to go on and see her. We get like the longest of the of the Socratic dialogues in this. Yes, film. which will sum up. Yes, she's doing her sweet grandma thing. Uh-huh. Oh, you turned out all right. How do you feel? I know you're not sleeping. We'll get around to it. Why don't you sit? I don't. I don't think I'll sit. I guess I'll sit. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like uncomfortable with the idea of somebody knowing what he's gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he's. She's like, let's get the obvious stuff out of the way. He says, you're not human, are you? And we're for, this is the first time we're really coming up against this idea of the non-human people. This is what's interesting to me. Because the first movie doesn't even allude to this at all, mm-hmm. except that they have to go visit her in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, that's weird. Why would she be stuck in there? Exactly. If she was a person who understood all of this. If she was self-aware, why would she be in the Matrix? Mm-hmm. But I didn't think about that. I didn't either. So when you watch when you watch well, this movie, it's like, oh, of course, there's well, something else going on. The thing that's hard for me is I don't know. I don't remember watching The Matrix for the first time. Yeah. And so forever, it seemed like I already knew who the Oracle was because I saw this one. So right. like, it's hard to put myself in the place of 
seeing the matrix and not having that context right so like i don't even think about not knowing that right when i watch right you wouldn't right but i do right yeah so i just know yeah uh so it's interesting yeah anyway so she's like well yeah duh (laughs) and yeah as soon as you hear it you're like oh of course of course um and he starts sort of walking through the logic of this idea that's like well so she's a program from the machine world Mm -hmm. which is part of a system so how can i trust you and she's like aha yep that's it that's the question Mm -hmm. um that's your problem that you have to deal with (laughs) yep and she offers him a candy (laughs) yes and he asks do you already know if i'm gonna take it and she says wouldn't be much of an oracle if i didn't uh but you already know but if you already know, how can I make a choice? And she says, because you didn't come here to make the choice. You've already made it. You're here to try to understand why you made it. I thought you'd have figured that out by now. So we're not really talking about candy. <laughs> because he wants to ask about his premonitions. Yeah. And she is alluding to that. But she's already, she's also alluding to a dilemma he doesn't even know he's about to have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And he asks her why she's helping. And she says, you know, I'm interested in the future. um, And the only way to get there is together. By helping each other. I think it's really funny that she says, we're all here to do what we're all here to do. Yeah. Like, what a thing to say. Yeah. Well, and she's a program. Exactly. And that's what programs do. What else is there to do but the thing you do? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, the seraph protects her. Right, exactly. The key maker makes keys. Exactly. They have functions. They have functions. And the one also has a function. Yes. He's just figuring out what that is. Exactly. He doesn't know yet. Yes. And it's the thing that Hammond is alluding to. You know, whatever yeah. it is, whatever reason, I hope it works out for us. Right. <laughs> whatever that thing is. What is his function? How does he fit into these processes exactly what are they in the first place and he's trying to figure this out because he asks the oracle are there other programs like you Uh, and she says well not like me (laughs) um but you know the birds are programs the trees Mm -hmm. all this stuff these are all independent programs working together in concert to make this place work um and then she talks about the ones that don't work right and those are the ones you hear about. And he's like, what? Oh, this and is very interesting. Yeah, she's like, ghosts, angels, vampires, werewolves, aliens. It's all something not working the way it's supposed to. And so well, it appears as an anomaly. Yeah, she's a, the system assimilating a program. Yes, because it's like... Coming up with an explanation. Yes. Because it, it happened, so... What an idea. Yeah. It's artificial intelligence. Very interesting. Um, and I love that idea of like, yes. oh, wow, the Wachowskis just explained ghosts. Yep, exactly. <laughs> That's what werewolves are. Yep. It's what, yep. Yeah. And we see some ghosty program creatures later I on. know. I And, and some vampires as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, man. Vampires too. I oh, love man. that. I love that. So, um, uh, he's like, programs, hacking programs why she says they have their reasons but usually a program chooses exile when it faces deletion um you know it might be deleted because it breaks down Mm -hmm. something got replaced whatever um so they can hide out and be ghosts (laughs) or right 
they can go back to the source, the machine mainframe. It's computer heaven. <laughs> yeah, something like that. This is where the path of the one ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says that you've, you know, you've seen it in your dreams, the door made of light. And she asks what happens when he goes through it. And he says that's when he has his bad premonition mm -hmm. about Trinity. And he, she asks him if he sees her die. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. So she's like, well, you know, you, you're, she, she basically explains, like, you can see everything now. You're the right. one. You're looking at the world without time. 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 Um, and he asks why he can't see what happens to her. She says, we can never see past the choices we don't understand. Mm. He can't know what happens then because he doesn't know about the choice he's going to have to make that leads to that exactly. outcome. Wow! That's very interesting. But of course he doesn't know what that even means. Exactly. He asks if he has to choose whether Trinity lives or dies. And she says, no, you already made that choice. You just have to understand it. These these events are set in motion. He right. just hasn't arrived at the place where he understands why yet. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> because, of course, we will learn all of this is a cycle. All of this right. has already always happened. This has happened many times. And this is the system bearing out the way it is designed. Right. Which is in itself an interesting notion. Right. Like, what's free will when there's predetermination? And systems of control. Yep. So, that's a very interesting conversation, not only theologically, but politically. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's working on a couple levels yeah. there. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, no, I won't do it. And she's like, well, you have to. Uh, you're the one. He... Wonders what happens when he fails. And she, uh, she says, well, then that's it. Um, you know, our time's up. Zion will fall. Um, you can save Zion if you reach the source. But to do that, you will need the key maker. Uh, he has, he's been missing. He's been held prisoner by a very dangerous program called the Merovingian. One of the oldest. One of the oldest. Merovingian's a very interesting yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, what, what does his name mean? So I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I've, I've wondered for years. <laughs> oh, it's very, it's very simple, actually. So the Merovingian line was a, a, an, a very early medieval line of French kings, uh, predating the Carolingian line. Oh, so okay. Prior to Charlemagne... There were the Merovingians. That makes sense. So, just very, very, very old French royalty. So he's an old French king. He's an old, 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 old French king. Like, extremely early Middle Ages. So, so the name communicates that he's royalty, that he's, he's French, French, and extremely old. There you go! That is it's, very simple. It's just right there. <laughs> and it's a very cool sounding name. Yes. Um, so, um, Neo's like, what does he want? Oh, well, power. Um, you'll, uh, you know, you just have to get there at the right time. You'll have a chance. And Seraph kind of interrupts. Mm -hmm. Time to go. 
Um, and she says, seems like every time we meet, I've got nothing but bad news. She's so sweet. She says, I'm sorry about that. I surely am. But for what it's worth, you've made a believer out of me. Good luck, kiddo. And she takes her leave. Yep. I just love her. She's delightful. They exit just in time. Yeah, just in time. Like... Not a moment too soon. Because here's Smith. Smith arrives! Yeah. Shoes on asphalt. Crows flying away. Yep. Mr. Anderson, did you get my package? Neo says, yeah. And Smith says, well, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and back on the ship... Morpheus sees that, that Smith is here. And Link is like... Well, he's not an agent, yeah. whoever he is. So, final confirmation. Mm-hmm. Smith, Smith is not an agent anymore. He's something else. They have a fun conversation. Yep. Um, uh, he, Smith talks about their connection. He doesn't fully understand how it happened. Um, something occurred when Neo persploded him. <laughs> yeah. It rewrote him in some way. He can't really explain it, but now he's something else. Yep. Um, and he says, uh, that is at this point irrelevant. What matters is that whatever happened, happened for a reason. Mm. Now Smith believes in this predetermination as well. Very interesting. But in a different way than agents do. Agents sort of have this idea of like, things are going to happen correctly. Because right. we're going to make them happen. Right. And Smith says, ah, no. Something that I thought went wrong actually was supposed to happen because I believe in something bigger now. Neo says, what reason is that? Smith says, I killed you, Mr. Anderson. Always with a dead name. I know, still. Never stops. Still. I watched you die with a certain satisfaction, I might add. Um, so something, something impossible happened. Neo destroyed him. Um, and then he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Felt compelled to disobey. Uh-huh. Just like Morpheus said. Um, and he is, because of Neo, no longer an agent of the system. He has been unplugged. Neo has freed Smith in some strange and mysterious way. In the political allegory of the Matrix, I like to think that Smith is sort of like someone who realizes the folly of the system but becomes like a libertarian. (laughs) Oh my god, you're so right! Oh shit! Instead of a revolutionary. He's a libertarian. Me, 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 me. Exactly. Everything has to be me now. That's Smith's solution. You can't tell me what to do, because I'm me. (laughs) Fuck, you're so right. Uh, And I love this exchange. Um, So he says, I'm a new man, so to speak, like you, apparently free. Yes, congratulations. congratulations. And Smith says, thank you. (laughs) Like, I really, I like laughed out loud when Smith said thank you. Um, but he says appearances can be deceiving. Um, we're here because we're free, but we're not free. Uh, basically, he's acknowledging this contradiction of the, like, I understand the system, but, uh, we're still stuck in this predetermination. Right. We, their fate is still shackling us. Exactly. This is, the again, the question of what now. What now? It's like you realize. The Matrix is all about realizing. Mm-hmm. This movie is about what do you do once you realize. Yeah, what do you do about it? Like, when 
it's all systems. You know, you're free from yeah. the matrix, but you still depend on the machines of Zion to live. Exactly. It, you, you're always, always in the midst of a system, and there's nothing you can really do about that. Um, there's no escaping reason, no denying purpose, because as we both know, without purpose, we would not exist. And then more Smiths arrive. So, 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 so mm-hmm. many Smiths. Uh, backing up Smith number one in his monologue. Is it still a monologue if there's like 20 of you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all the same person, technically. Yeah. I don't know. It's very strange. Um, but the various Smiths. Various Smiths arrive. Contributing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here because of you, Mr. Anderson. We're here to take from you what you tried to take from us. Purpose. And Smith tries his new trick on Neo. Yep. Stab in the chest with hand. And back on the ship, they're like, what the fuck is that? Um, and it starts taking over Neo's body. Yep. And it reminds one of the scene when he is first with the leaving mirror. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Matrix. But he fights effect. back, pushes it yep. off with sheer force of will, mm-hmm. um, and oh no, fight breakout. Big, big fight. Big fight breakout. Um, sh- shortly, a woman with groceries walks by and witnesses this, but she doesn't have long to fret because she immediately turns into Agent Jackson, mm-hmm. who's our new sort of agent lead. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, he's gonna do something about this, presumably. Right. When a smith walks up next to him, and Jackson says, you. And Smith says, yes, me. Me, me, me. (laughs) And Kwajoo does his thing. Yeah, his hand thing. And Jackson Smith says, me too. (laughs) All of this flirting. All, exactly. Um, and they're fight, 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 fighting. And all I have to say about this fight is that it gets made fun of, but I think most of it looks good. I mean, it's it's good for being very obvious CG. You're well, and not... it's funny because the first half of the fight seems like it barely has any. But then there are there's like a clear, several... There's a clear shift where everything is CG. Yes, 100%. And then it looks like a video game. It does look like a video game. Um, you can You can tell, but regardless, it's a fun... To watch interesting yeah. and well choreographed fight. Yeah. And it's the, just not, it just doesn't look real. No. And that's okay. And, and the beginning, the ramp up when they do look real is legitimately impressive. Yeah, with him swinging the pole around yeah, exactly. and all of that is really cool. It's just the part where he starts spinning and kicking them all and stuff. We get a f- couple of really funny sound effects. There's a literal, um, there's a bowling pin noise. A bowling noise. pin noise. There's a bowling pin noise. Elsewhere, I believe there is a dominoes clattering. Naturally, sound effect. It's it's silly. It doesn't really make sense. It's fine. We're just we're knocking it's them down. Fu- it's fine though. It's fun. It's camp. Yes. Smith is camp. Yes. It's interesting because you think like now we might be able to do a fight like this without having to totally render everybody in CGI and make it look like a cutscene. Mm-hmm. But also, no one is attempting this kind of fight now. It's this wacky and wild fight. And I appreciate that. Yes, just the sheer audacity of it. <laughs> yes. Where you're just like, oh my god, how many Smiths are there gonna be? And the answer is always more. More than you could have ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep coming, yep. and they end up dogpiling mm-hmm. on Neo quite comically. Yeah. Like a huge pile yeah. of Smiths. Just, huh. 
Again, it's almost like the the orgy scene from earlier. This is the Smith orgy. <laughs> it's a libertarian Smith orgy. Yep. Um, it's and crazy. Smiths say it is inevitable. Yep. Um, and Trinity's like, get out. And fight, 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 fight. Um, and Neo whoosh, mm-hmm. flies away and gets out. And all the Smiths are just kind of like, well. It's really funny, honestly. They just stand around like, well, now what do we do? And they all just kind of disperse. <laughs> just go about their it's business. It's very silly. Yeah, it's quite funny. Really, the wind's taken out of their sails. And that's a good shot, too, because there's like 20 of them all in the one shot. And mm-hmm. it, looks, it looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. They, they did a good job of making that all of these Smiths on screen look real. Yes. Uh, so he flies away <laughs> as he does, um, and, uh, gets out, exits the We don't the see it happen, but we don't need to. He goes to the place where he yeah. needs to go. He can do that. He can fly. Um, and they're like, yo, are you okay? And Morpheus is like, that was Smith, huh? And he's he, like, yeah. And now there's more than one of him. A lot more. <laughs> and Link is like, what? How? <laughs> Neo doesn't know. I'm the know. confused man. Yeah. Um, somehow he's found a way to copy himself. Um, and Morpheus asks if that's what Smith had been doing oh, to him. Oh, this bit, yeah. And he says, I don't know what he was doing, but it felt like dying. Oof. Uh, so that's troubling. Uh, Zion Council. Yeah. Um, Locke is, meanwhile, and it's quite an, an abrupt cut, just immediately yeah. to Locke, and he is talking. Yep. Uh, because he's just all in the way all the time. <laughs> yep. shut your mouth (laughs) um and he's saying he's basically making his case to the council um saying you know he's got a plan for a Mm counterattack to to hit hit the sentinels as they're tunneling at moments when they would be vulnerable um he has you know the this kind of attack has been suggested uh for for in the past but it is this is the this is the big one and they need to act and Counselor Dillard is this like woman's a, a name. Lady, yeah. Um, and she says, you know, we, we're aware of the seriousness. Um, please prepare defense um, by all means necessary. However, <laughs> um, has there been word from the Nebuchadnezzar? And, mm-hmm. and Locke's like, no. <laughs> right. He doesn't care. <laughs> um, and another counselor says... Um, we'd like a ship to be dispatched to find out how what's going on with the one mm-hmm. and Locke's like oh my god <laughs> like no uh we need all the ships um our defense can't suffer the loss yep. of another ship and the counselor says well it it will if it must and Locke kind of does this thing where he says like take a single ship too long and they're like well then send two and he's like no and he's like that's not what i wanted <laughs> well, that's not what i meant um and they're like hey and he's like sorry sorry yep. i just I don't really understand why you're doing this. He's trying so hard to keep it together. (laughs) Yeah, he's very mad and he's got to be civil. And he's like, I just wish I understood why you think that this is the thing to do. And they're like, well, you don't need to understand. (laughs) Yep. He's like, you're asking me to do something here. Um, And you're asking me to order my captains. And they're like, well, if anyone wants to volunteer, we don't have to order anyone. Um, we, they, they call for two volunteers to aid the Nebuchadnezzar and Soren jumps up pretty immediately. Soren of the Vigilant is like, yo, I'm your guy. The Vigilant is like the most normal slash non-spiritual ship name. It's true. Like all the other ones are. Uh, so I don't know what the thing is. They just forgot a name. 
sense. Yeah, or I don't know, maybe there's something, there's an illusion being made that I'm not aware of. Yeah. They might be smarter than me. It's very possible yeah. that, that they that they knew something that we don't know. But I, I'd like to think it's likely. Yes, uh, <laughs> but it did stick out to me uh-huh. on the face of it. Yeah, they're all like the Osiris yeah. and the Icarus and, and the... the Vigilant. Yeah. Okay. All right. Even the one that is they call the Hammer is actually called the Mjolnir. So even that one. There's yeah. Yeah. So um, they're like, great. You know what you're doing. You know what you're getting into. And he says, yep. <laughs> Okay, is there another one? And Bane Smith is like, hey, Captain, we, sh- we should go. And Malachi's like, no! <laughs> yeah. Shut up! <laughs> uh, uh, and they're like, anybody? Bueller? Yeah. And Locke's like, yeah, well, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> and that's enough for And for Niobe's Naomi. like, I would! And Locke's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> And it's satisfying. Yeah. Um, and they're like, great, thanks. Um, okay, everybody, you got your orders. Bye. Um, and Locke's like, Niobe, what the fuck? And I, I actually love, he says, what are you doing? And she says, what I can. Whoa. And he's like, why? And, he, and she says, because some things never change, Jason, and some things do. Ooh, and she it's calls him Jason. Jason. His name is it's, Jason. It's, it's funny because his name is Jason. <laughs> and it's funny because she's saying what Morpheus said earlier. Yes. And also, like, of course he would. Like, you know, everybody's got these, like... I was thinking that. Everyone has fanciful names, right? Yeah. And e- either, granted... Either fanciful names are very functional names. Granted, Jason comes from mythology. Fair enough. He's got the Argonauts and all that. But it does make sense that he would have the most, like, average functional... He's just got a normal man name. He's there to present obstacles. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a film where keys are important imagery, and his name is Locke. Locke! Jason Locke. Jason Locke. Yeah. It's both a perfect name for his personality, and it's still thematically functional. Yeah, and even his first name is, because, you know, while it just sounds like a normal dude name, like, yeah. Jason was the captain of the Argonauts. And this like, guy is... is, is he's the commander yeah. of the fleet. Like, it works. It's a thing. It but it's also just funny when she's like, yeah, Jason. Jason. <laughs> I'm gonna go hang out with Morpheus. Jason. Jason. <laughs> Morpheus have... An, is his name just Morpheus? We never find out what his what his dead name is. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, is this thing with... It's interesting to me thinking about first names and last names. Because mm-hmm. some people have are, are, are mononyms. Mm-hmm. And others have a first and last name. Right. Well, and I think that mostly the mononym people are the people who have their sort of like hacker names. Right. And it seems like it's mostly either more... It's mostly people who've been woken up, though Tank and Dozer are an Orphans. exception. Orphans. Yeah, Tank yeah. and Dozer. I don't know what their family name is. <laughs> it's an interesting question. And as far as we can tell, Link is also Zion-born. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That and whole family seems to be. Yes. It seems like there are a lot of people who are, yeah. which would make sense. And it makes you wonder what it's like in terms of marriage or relationships between people who are Zion born versus people who are awoken. Yeah. Like, is it hard? Is there tension there? Yeah. Hard to find a connection, like, because you just have such different lived experiences. I don't know. I mean, if you were awoken at like age 10. Then maybe your, most of your life has not been as different. Yeah. But. Like you're sort of gone native, but. But this also like, 
this is why Neo and Trinity have that T for T energy that we talked about, right? Because they had that same experience. Of being awoken later. Uh-huh. Right, because it is implied that Trinity, that Morpheus woke her up. her up, and he, he's not that much older than her. So she must have been older than usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unclear. Interesting, though. Yeah. Interesting to think about. So Jason. Yeah. Has been I'm going and you off. can't stop me, Jason. <laughs> uh, we see the Nebuchadnezzar crew going into a fancy building. There's in an the Matrix. emphasis on on the clock on the front of the building too. Uh, of course there is. <laughs> and Morpheus is like, "Hey, what's up with the building?" And he was like, "It's weird. Um, it seems like it's wired all up with explosives." And they're like. Cool, 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 cool. Right, right. Love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the very French maitre d' is like, yes, what do you need? Um, <laughs> Puis-je vous aide? Uh, and they're like, uh, yeah, we want to speak to the Merovingian. And he's like, oh, of course, he has been expecting you. He's <laughs> uh, very French. He's very French. And he leads them in to a very swanky and chic restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and up like he's on a fucking dais. Yeah, at, at the back of the place. At yeah. the back of the place, the Merovingian sits with his wife, Persephone. Oh, wonder oh, what oh, that oh, means. Oh, 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 And she's Monica Bellucci. Yeah. And she's She's gorgeous. She's wearing a strange outfit. It looks like very chic, classic French fashion, but then it's made of, like, Plastic or yeah, something. It's, it, it, it looks like it's made out of like a shower curtain. It's very stretchy and shiny, but like cream colored. It's really cool. It's very cool. But very it doesn't sci-fi. look comfortable. Oh, no. God. How much you, baby powder do you need? I was to about to say you'd be on? sweaty. Like, Yeah. Very sticky. <laughs> but I'm good. But when you're not actually a human, Fair maybe enough. it doesn't matter. And probably that the Merovingians probably thinks that he, he's probably into that. He's kind of a weirdo. He's kind of a weirdo. <laughs> a little bit of a pervert so i mean a little bit they both kind of are but him more so she's just like like real lonely he's a pervert she she's understandable yeah i mean he's like she maybe has a little bit of a mean streak right but he's a pervert she's sort of like lonely bitter horny yes Yes. And he's just like, like a hedonist. <laughs> he's he's a hedonist to even the extent that maybe the Wachowskis don't quite approve of him. Which oh, means yeah. that he's taking it really far. Yes. Right? Oh yeah, we don't approve of this man. He's... This is what's funny because like this is a sex positive movie. But he is sex negative. He's yeah, exactly. A, he's bad sex. He's grody. He's gross. Yeah. He's yuck. He's a yuck. He's a yuck. <laughs> yep. And that's what makes him a great character. Exactly. Because we can just really dislike this guy. Yep. So, um, he greets them very Frenchily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's being very cordial. Sit, he's join us. He's heard of them. He yeah. offers them food and drink. Yes, he's being a good host. This is my wife. Uh, yes, of course, we don't really need to eat. They're just contrivances for the sake of appearances, you know. And Neo politely turns him down, and he's like, oh, yes, of course, who has time? Yep. <laughs> yep, I was waiting for that. I was like, oh, time. Time, 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 time. Uh, who has time? But then if the we wine. do not ever take time, how can we ever have time? Chateaubriand. Yes, uh, magnificent wine. I love French wine. I love the French language. I'm just so pompous and he's, disgusting. He sampled every language, and French is his favorite. Especially to curse 
with, and then he just it, rattles off. It's just a string huge... of obscenities. It, it does. It's completely meaningless. It's just just a list of, of curses. Yeah, he's just French. like shit, motherfucker. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see, it's like wiping your ass with silk. I love it. He's such a creep. None of them are amused. Nope. Um, and they're like, so, you know why we're here. Can we please get down to it? Right, I yeah. hate you so much. Exactly. They're so uncomfortable here. <laughs> and he just talks and talks and talks. He talks He's like, a oh, lot. yes, I, you know, I, I have information, but do you know why you're here? And they're like, well, we're looking for the keymaker. And he's like, oh, yes, yes, but that's not a reason. You don't just look for the keymaker. The keymaker is a means to an end, so... Do you know why you need the keymaker? Of course, they don't really. Mm-hmm. So Neo says, you know the answer to that question. Yes. And he says, but do you? I think you do not. You were sent here and you obeyed. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says a very important line. You see, there is only one constant, one universal. It is the only real truth. Causality. Cause and effect. Um, Morpheus says everything begins with choice, and Merovingian says no! Wrong! <laughs> yes, it's an illusion created between those with power and those without. Oh, shit. Yes, of course, the Merovingian must already know everything. We know he does. He says things later that make it really clear. Yeah, he under he, he knows what they're doing. He mm-hmm. knows when this is. And he's he's like, participated in it before. Yes, he has, clearly. And he's like, no, fuck you. Right. <laughs> I don't have to. I don't want to. Um, and then he does this, the worst and creepiest thing. This scene. It is the it is the most upsetting thing in any of these films. Yeah. It's true. It, and, and you all know what it is. It, if you've seen it, it's burned in your brain. Yeah. Like... He serves a woman orgasm cake. <laughs> yep. And he narrates the whole thing. Uh, narrates the whole thing, and detail. I hate it. I hate it. He's bad. And the 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 way that the movie depicts it is kind of campy. It's very silly and weird, and kind of graphic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of shocking. And then, like when you see it as a kid, you're like, "What happened?" Yeah. Your parents are like, "I don't want yeah, to tell you." That's the thing. It's like definitely the first time watching this. Didn't know. Didn't what understand. Was, what was going on? It's just like she had a cake. And, and then it, felt it, weird. And it had to excuse herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unclear why. I don't know what that was. And then you grow up and you're like, oh. oh. That's what, the visual really holds your hand right through it. Like yeah, if you know, you know. Um, so it's. And this, the bit where the code like explodes. It, is, in like a, a, like a, explode. Yeah, it's very silly. Anyway. That, that takes the edge off of how gross the yeah, scene is, I think. Yeah, it's extremely goofy. Um, but but it's, it's a lot. He goes through all of that, and then he says, you know, that is the nature of the universe. We struggle against it. We fight to deny it. But of course, it's of course pretense. It is a lie beneath our poised appearance. The truth is we are completely out of control. Uh, we are slaves to causality. Um, we can, our only piece is to understand why. Um, it, that's what separates us from them, you from me. Uh, why is the only real social power? Without it, you are powerless. Damn. It's a very interesting... Because, of course, you know, they... Huh, I love that, the way that it yeah. works. Because, you know, the first movie is like, the thing, that, the truth that you need to right. know is... 
this is all a, a system that, right. that is being used to control you. And then once you know that, you can get out of it. But of course, the larger question is, why is this system in place in, to begin with? Right. Who put it here to do what? Right, 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 right. You you can't really escape a system if you don't know what it's there to do. Exactly. Exactly. And they don't. They don't fully understand they the don't. scope of it. And he knows that they don't. This is... This is why these movies still work as trans allegory. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, once you figure yourself out, you still have to exist in the world. And now your understanding of the world has changed. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. do you do? What do you do? Um, and he says, you know, you, you're coming to me without that power. You're asking me for something that you don't know why you're asking for it. So I'm right. going to tell you no. Uh, run back and give the fortune teller this message. Her time is almost up. Now I have some real business to do. I will say adieu and goodbye. <laughs> and they try to stop him and he's like, no, you can't. Keymaker's mine. I'm not going to give him up. I have no reason to do that. And Persephone asks where he is going. And he says that he has to take, we are the victims of causality. I must take a piss. <laughs> you drank too much wine. Cause, Cause and effect. effect. Oh, wow. Ugh. And he leaves. Leaves. Of course, that's not what he's doing. Not what he's doing. We'll find that out. Yeah, well, and Persephone already knows. Of course. Um, a henchman tries to put his hand on Trinity and she says, touch me and that hand will never touch anything again. Yep. We just have to have Trinity be cool for a minute to wash us clean of this grossness. Right. Uh, we see them leaving unsatisfied and Neo's like, well, that fucking sucked. Right. And Morpheus like, the Oracle didn't say anything else. Neo says, yeah. They're just like in the elevator. Yeah. And they're like, maybe we did something wrong. And Morpheus is like, no, this is the way it was supposed to happen. Morpheus is comforted by this idea of predetermination. Neo's deeply uncomfortable with it. He kind of hates it. He bucks against it. And Morpheus says, no, no, no. This is all happening correctly. Because we're still alive. We're still alive. (laughs) I have faith that Everything is happening the way it's supposed to, and that will end up in what I believe will happen. So, this was the right thing to occur. A little bit, uh, a little bit candied. Right. You know, best of all possible worlds. Exactly. This is the only thing that could have happened. Right. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. The movie kind of ultimately says he's wrong. I know! But... But in this instance, he's proved right because the elevator door opens and, and, uh, and yep. Persephone is there. Yep. And she says, if you want the key maker, follow me. And Morpheus is like, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. Just this grin. It's great. Um, and she takes them to the restroom and tells a man to get out and throws a little fit about the Merovingian and how much she hates him. Yep. And it used to be so different. Um, yeah, she... She looks at Neo and says he used to be like you. He was like you. And we're left to wonder exactly what she means by that. That's interesting. It's Mm -hmm. like before he knew as much. Mm Mm-hmm. He was more, like, naive or hot or less creepy (laughs) or something. Yeah, unclear. Well, and there are certain allusions. So, um, I guess... Merovingian is an old program, He's an old program. Well, so, there are... And I... I'm trying to figure out if there's any more substantial evidence for this. Mm-hmm. Some people think that in some capacity, the Merovingian was a former iteration of the One. 
I don't quite get I, that. I don't think that's right because the one is usually like an engineered slash handpicked human. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I thought as well. The weird thing is I mentioned that I was looking at the like Spark Notes mm-hmm. page and the Spark Notes just flat out claims that without that doesn't seem right evidence and i'm i'm like well if sparks note says it maybe there's something to it but i can't see it it doesn't seem right it doesn't I, seem right do you to know me. what i think hmm. about this i think that from from what we hear from the architect about how the whole thing shakes out mm-hmm. my understanding was that initially like all the programs involved in this getting the one to the source Mm -hmm. idea had some sort of revolutionary ideal similar to the Oracle Mm -hmm. at one time. So my idea was just that the, that the Merovingian was supposed to be like a sort of video game character. Who's like, here's the key master here, go do your thing. Mm -hmm. And because they, they wrote him to be a dealer of information he obtained too much of it and became cynical and hedonistic. Works for me. But that he used to just be there to be like, you're the one, here's the key master, do your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's that makes, what makes sense to me. It makes sense to me too. I was just so curious because certainly, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, weird fan theories about like, right. what if a Merovingian was the one? Right, eh. sure. But like for Sparknotes to claim it, so, I'm like, Sparknotes, where are you getting this from? That's strange. Especially because like he says your predecessors a lot, like not counting himself among that number. Yeah. I don't huh. know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, she's it's, bitching. It's, easy, it's easier to believe that he used to be younger and simpler and better to be with. <laughs> Certainly he had to have been better than this. Um, so she says, you know, I'll give you what you want, but you have to give me something. She wants a kiss. Kiss me like you were kissing her. Trinity's extremely upset. She's not about it and fair. And Neo's not about it either. No, he's not. He's uncomfortable with it. Um, but it's like, oh, she's kind of got us up against the wall here. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of have to. She wants to remember what love felt like and all this stuff. It's really quite sad. Um, and she says, I, that, I just want to sample it. That's all, just a sample. <laughs> and Trinity pulls out a gun and says, why don't you sample this instead? And Morpheus, Morpheus is, like, is like, Trinity? Hey. Yeah. And she immediately puts it away, yeah. like, okay, yes, that was inappropriate. But it, it's fair, though. <laughs> uh-huh. And she's like, it's not a big deal. You know, it's just a kiss. And Neo says, um, why should we trust you? And Persephone says, if I don't deliver you to the keymaker, she can kill me. So it's, you know, she's not trying to pull one over. She right. just wants her payment. Right. Um, and she says, okay, but you have to make me believe I'm her. And he's like, okay. And he gives her just this, like, chaste little smooch. And she's like, fuck you. No, yeah. never Starts mind. To walk away. He's like, no, no, wait, wait. And then he does a good kiss yeah. to her. And, and Trinity doesn't it, like it's it. shot in a very sensual way. Yes. It's, this is a horny film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this satisfies her. Yep. And Trinity is uncomfortable, but... It's over. It's it's over with. Um, and she's like, okay. Um, oh, well, she just does try to rub it into Trinity a little right. bit. She's her mean streak coming out. She says, I envy you, but such a thing is not meant to last. Ooh, time, 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 time. Uh, come with me. And she leads them through the kitchen, uses a key to open a door that reveals a palace 
foyer. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's ostentatious. Merovingian, even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and back on the ship, Link is like, ah! <laughs> because they go through a door, door. and he has lost them. <laughs> Um, we see some henchmen watching a vampire movie. Yeah. In a, like a rec room. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the house, in Which the palace. Which funny to think that programs watch movies. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the Oracle enjoys candy. Fair enough. They still live. They have lives. They're people. It's uh, intriguing. And, and these guys, well, and of course we have a vampire movie on the background, just to subtly underscore the fact that these henchmen are indeed vampires. vampires. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start to like react with alarm as they come in. Um, but Persephone says it's okay. They're with me. Um, they work. Uh, these guys work for my husband. Uh, they do his dirty work. They're very loyal. And their names, by the way, are Cain, Cain and, and Abel. Abel. Um, gotta get that religious allegory in. Mm-hmm. Um, they're from an older version of the Matrix. They caused so many more problems than they solved, but they're difficult to terminate. How many people keep silver bullets in their gun? She just flat out shoots one. Yep, she just pulls out a gun from her little clutch and shoots him in the head. Yep. And the other one's like, oh! And (laughs) she says, you can either run to the restaurant and tell my husband what I have done, or you can stay there and die. And he runs off, and she says, he's in the ladies' room. Um, And she pulls a secret book on the bookshelf. And it swings open to a secret door, because this is an old castle. Yep. Uh, and tells them to hurry, leads them down um, into some sort of dungeon. Right. And shows Neo a door. And he opens it, and this is the key maker's room, and I love it. Yeah. Keys, 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 keys. He's, like, making a key. Yeah, he's got one of those old-timey, like, rotor, like, a, like... He's, like, it's like a pedal wheel situation. Yeah, old-fashioned yeah. key making happening there. Um... And he says, my name is Neo. And Keymaker says, yes, I'm the Keymaker. I've been waiting for you. This is all happening according to plan. Yep. Uh, out in the foyer, the Merovingian enters with his squad. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, women. Yeah. And she says, cause and effect, my love. And he's, what cause? What cause? How about the oh, lipstick you're yeah. wearing? Is it lipstick? Lipstick? Uh, and uh, he, she says, she wasn't kissing your face, my love. What a, the awkward times. Yeah, awkward, awkward times. He's like, oh, it's nothing. It's a game. It's a game. And she says, well, so is this. Have fun. And just leaves. Leaves, and Persephone's out of the movie. Yep. Um, Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. Um, and he's like, all right, fine. Let's figure out where this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, sends the, sends the, the twins. The twins. Ah, uh, the back in the day when white people dreadlocks were considered oh cool. Oh my god. These guys look like they have albinism. Yes. They're spooky and pale. They're, and... they're as white as it is possible to be. Yes, and they wear white suits, and they are twins with long dreadlocks. Yep. And they go, wah, and they ghost, and it's cool looking. It's cool looking. I like it. It's scary. Yeah. It's really they scary. Have, like, freaky ghost faces. Yep, <laughs> and their hair goes, wah. And they just dip through the floor. Yep. And Trinity says, that's a nice trick. <laughs> Unfazed. Right. And the keymaker's like, I'm not going back and runs. And just runs away. And Neo's like, uh, you know, you go. I'll deal with these people. Mm-hmm. I'll handle them. Um, they leave. And the Merovingian is like, oh, he's offended. You ha- you'll handle us? Your predecessors had much more respect. 
and they fire on him with a bazillion bullets. And, and he stops them all, and they drop on the floor. Just like he do. Yeah. He, it's like nothing. It's nothing. They just clink to the floor. Yep. And Mary Jane says, okay, you have some skill. Kill him. And then we get a big, big fight. Big, big fight. And I love it. They said, hey, Yuan, Yuan Wuping, you go ahead and have all the weapons you want. Do a big yeah. weapon fight now. Every weapon in the whole this, world is yours. There's so many. You've got the cool side daggers. and Yeah, the side. There's a trident in there. Yeah. There's every weapon you could dream of. So it's fun. Um, but he dispatches all of them. Um, he gets he gets a cut on his hand. Yes. And said, you see, he's just a man. Well, he stops the blade with the side oh, of his hand. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. But then he bleeds. But he does bleed a little bit. And yeah. they're like, aha, see, he bleeds. Um, he's just a man. Yep. Uh, more and more fighting, more and more fighting, fighting, fighting. Uh, they're all dead. Yep. On the floor. And the Merovingian is pissed off. He says, mark my words and mark them well. I have survived your predecessors and I will survive you. Turns, leaves through the door, it closes, Neo opens it, and he's in the mountains. And it's like, huh? What? And the, I do not see any way that the Merovingian could be a prior version of the one. No, no. It because he says, I've survived your predecessors and I'll survive you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think he just used to be cooler. Just used to be a better guy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but he, he, he did like um, so many supercomputers before him and just downloaded too much of the internet and it turned him into an asshole. Too much porn. Exactly. <laughs> Too much Urban Dictionary. <laughs> or whatever the French equivalent is. Because this was a thing that I love to read about, that the IBM supercomputer Watson mm. downloaded the whole website Urban Dictionary <laughs> and started swearing at people. <laughs> this is like that. Fabulous. It is. Except he does it in French. Exactly. Uh, so, meanwhile, Trinity and Morpheus are following the keymaker through some corridors, um, and one of the twins phases up through the floor. Yikes. Um, Morpheus grabs a katana from some samurai armor that's conveniently Ooh. located. So that's an exciting thing for the future. Yes. Um, and Trinity is like, where are you going? And the keymaker's at a door and he says, oh, another way, always another way. And he opens up the door and there's a parking garage beyond. Oh, convenient. Hey, and they run through. And he's like, close it quick. And Morpheus leaps through. But just as they are closing the door, got an arm, a ghost arm, it's stuck, and so he's holding it, and they start just shooting at his arm. He doesn't seem to care much. Yeah. Um, and the other twin arrives. Twin number one says, "Could we move along?" He's very British, apparently. Yeah. And ghost two sort of phases through, and the keymaker's like, "Ah, cheese it." Um, yeah. and there the um. Second twin starts fighting with Trinity, um, manages to maneuver around and get a razor to her throat. Yeah, like a straight razor. Yeah, it's scary. That's mm -hmm. a scary guy weapon. Yeah. He's like flipping it around and all this stuff. Like it's a switchblade, but it yeah. is a straight razor. Yeah. Um, and he, he tells Morpheus to step away from the door. He does this and twin number one enters... Uh, all shot up, mm -hmm. and Twin 2 says, we owe you for that, but Twin 1 just ghosts. And repairs himself. Just like new. Um, and Twin 2 says, drop your weapon. Morpheus, in a very cool guy move, drops the katana, but immediately shoots uh, at Twin 2 mm -hmm. with his gun. 
he phases away to not get hit, mm-hmm. and uh, Trinity, Trinity is, is able, able to, to escape. escape. Meanwhile, Keymaker starts up a car because he had the key. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> and Naturally. Morpheus tells her to stay with him. What about Neo? He can handle himself. Trinity goes to the car, tells the Keymaker to get in the back. Uh, Morpheus starts fighting the twins. It's very, very cool. Love it. Love yep. to see him do it. Um, yep. And Trinity drives up, and um, he manages to get in the car, and they drive away. Um, at this moment, Neo finds the door in the corridor, runs for it, um, just as one of the twins closes it, and he crashes through more, oh, mountains. more mountains! Ah, fuck! What on earth? Uh, and he calls up Link, and he's like, where am I? And Link's like, you're not gonna believe this, but you're all the way up in the mountains. And Neo's like, really? Am I really in the mountains? Wow. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna find you an exit, but it's gonna take a minute. Oh, shit! Meanwhile, ghosts are ramming the back of the car! Yeah. They are in pursuit. Um... Uh, they're, they're after Morpheus and Trinity. I don't have a way to get them out. Neo asks where they are. Middle of the city, 500 miles due south. And Neo's just like, okay. Okay. And takes off. Takes off. He does this thing. Um, but he's got 500 miles to fly. It's gonna take him a minute. Um, Morpheus calls up Link. Get us out of here. That won't be easy. And this is the part that I had to look up. Mm -hmm. The Winslow overpass. Yes. Because I was thinking, why are they trying to get Keymaker out? He's a program. Can he leave? Well, I don't know if they're trying to get the Keymaker out, but they're trying to get away from these guys. Yeah, that's what I looked it up and it seems like the consensus is that they're trying to get to a place where they can hand the Keymaker over to Neo and get out themselves. Yes, because they can't. So, but so stay. It, instead of just trying to elude these folks and pick up the phone, they're trying to go out elsewhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that made sense to me yes it, it's not super well explained no but it makes sense. time to explain it yes and it makes sense the trinity and morpheus are just like we need to get out of here yeah so um but it, it, they're inside the core network whatever that means and yes the only exit near them is the winslow overpass off the freeway and now we find out there's some action incoming fire yada mm-hmm. yada um, there's some police that, that show up and make yeah, things even more tense. There's an APB out on them, eight units, turn right, uh, and there's a connecting tunnel to the 101, which, by the way, is Thomas Anderson's apartment number. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and he gets on the freeway. Link is like, are you sure about this? Yeah. Uh, 14 years of operating, I've never seen... Link, what did I tell you? Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> I trust you. Sorry. Uh, Winslow overpass, I'll be ready. And Trinity says, you always told me to stay off the freeway. It's suicide. He says, I hope that I was wrong. That's not really ever explained why the freeway is so particularly dangerous. I wondered about that. It's interesting. It's it, it's kind of a gimmicky thing. Like, they say it with so much portent and then yeah. don't explain it. Yeah, I'm... It's intriguing. It made me want to know. Yeah, I I fully expect that the Wachowskis had something in mind as to why that would be the case, but we just don't have time to Maybe talk it's about a it. Chicago traffic joke. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's the only thing. It feels like an in-joke of some kind. Yeah. But anyway, they're they're taking the chance. They're getting on the freeway. This is Very risky. certain death. 
But they have to take the freeway. The only thing I could think of is that maybe it's really difficult on there specifically avoiding agents. Yeah. I mean, it's just so open. It's so open and there's like all these people driving and the agents can just possess any of them. Yeah. And surround you, as we see. It seems like an unwise place to be. Yeah. Uh, So, meanwhile, Link gets a call from Niobe. Hmm. Um, We've been sent to bring you in. I need to talk to Morpheus. And he's like, yeah, he needs your help. Uh, Just follow the sirens. So now we're like, Niobe's in play. Niobe is on the board. Yes. Niobe and Neo are both on route. On their way. Yeah. So, um, the, there's a, we see inside a cop car. They're doing their cop car thing when they rather grotesquely turn into agents. Agents I feel like Thompson and Johnson. <laughs> Thompson and Johnson. Hey, that's me. <laughs> um, so uh, they, yeah, I feel like they're just like pushing it and making the agent transformation more grotesque. Yeah. Because like, they really do like. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Um, so now agents are also after them. Yeah. Could this? get any worse um freeway hijinks fighting bad times this is a lot of the movie like it's a large swath i'll do my best to sort of track the major beats of it but ultimately there's gonna be a lot we're not gonna cover because it's just shenanigans it's just it's just cars hitting other cars and people an amazing sequence you still wonder how they did it just because like we know they shut down the freeway to do it and did it with like stunt drivers and stuff. It's a lot of cars and it's stuff. It's a huge sequence. A it, lot of stuff is clearly practical. Incredibly elaborate. Really well pulled off. That it's, said, it's just a lot of cars and smashing and guns. It's a lot and, of shenanigans. So at uh, one point, um, the, one of the ghosts is standing in the left, standing in the road, and does a cool thing where he like phases just back, at the right like, moment back, yeah, into, back the into the car with his twin. And he says, we are getting aggravated. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. I love it. Um, and they're hijinks. They're on top of an overpass. And Morpheus is like, Trinity, get him out of here. And Trinity pulls uh, yeah, the, this is so the keymaker onto a convenient um, motorcycle carrying truck. That happens to be passing underneath. At that very moment. It's delightful. And so they land and it's time to... Uh, Ride a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trinity's like, hey, I'm worried about Morpheus. And Link's like, no, it's okay. Just keep going. Because there's a big old explosion. Big old explosion. So much is happening. Yeah. But anyway, Trinity's like, I need to uh, download to hotwire a motorcycle. And then the, 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 the key key like, wait, here's a key. a key. And she's like, oh, never mind. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they hop on and broom, Trinity yep. style. Um, and the agents decide that... Um, she is unimportant, that, mm-hmm. that she's not their target, and they don't need to pay attention to where she's going. Find the exile, they say. Um, well, she does kind of a little nice fake out where mm-hmm. somebody cuts her off, so she turns around and goes the other way. Yeah, it's great. She's yeah. swerving through traffic, yeah. very cool stuff. Um, so Morpheus is fighting an agent on a truck. Yep. It's scary and perilous and cool yeah and he looks like he's just floating <laughs> like yeah. the wire fighting here is so extreme yeah. that he's just like flipping through the air well because they're on a moving truck it's pretty wild stuff uh it's fun lots of fun yep. but he's 
fighting an agent. And yeah. even Morpheus still is not really able to do that. Exactly. And he's in trouble. He gets knocked back. The, the one little bit that is cool mm-hmm. is that when he's up on this truck before the agent shows up, he manages to pull the keymaker up with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, so the keymaker is up there. Yes, with him now, yes. We, so, yeah, it's Trinity, important to track. Trinity is, is off by herself she made it out she made it out um we have yeah we the the key maker is our macguffin we got to track him so yeah. he's up on the truck with morpheus, morpheus and, the, and agent. the agent and the agent fighting him knocks him back we think he's gonna fall off the back of the truck to his doom and he lands on the no, hood of naomi's yeah, car yeah, so convenient oh, yeah perfect perfect yeah um and uh Link's like, oh, she's good. Yeah. Uh, and up on the truck, the agent is ready to dispatch mm-hmm. the keymaker. You are no longer necessary. We do only what we're meant to do. We're here to do what we're here to do. The keymaker is like the the of any of the program characters in this movie, like the most no nonsense. Like he's here to fulfill his brief. Yeah, I, he doesn't care about anything other than being the keymaker. Literally, in any situation, the only question going through his mind is, "Do I have a key for this?" <laughs> That's it. He's a program and a very efficient one. Yep. Um. Then you are meant for one more thing: deletion. And Niobe says, "Go kick his ass." Yeah. Uh, Morpheus does some cool shit. Gets back up on there. Um, it does some maneuvering and ends up, it looks like a head-on collision is imminent. Yep. This truck is going to collide with another truck, and Morpheus prays to Neo. Yeah. Says, Neo, if you're out there, I can use some help. It's an interesting moment. Meanwhile, Link is like, what is that? Because there's something... Something's coming. Like, very quickly through the, the skyscrapers and whatnot. Something's coming. <laughs> We're in musical town again. Again, again. Uh, that's what we get for taking a break and talking about musicals for yeah. half an hour. So, Morpheus grabs the keymaker, and at the moment of collision... We get the nice slow-mo explosion. Slow-mo, a big explosion like bombs. Mm-hmm. They leap into the air, propelled... And Neo whoosh, catches them. He like, grabs one in each hand. Yeah, he's got both boys. And Link's like, yes! Yeah. And it's great. He's so invested. Mm-hmm. Um, And everyone is safe. Apparently, the agents don't give a shit about Niobe, who's also there. Yeah, fair enough. She's not important. Meanwhile... Sentinels are digging yes. away, digging, digging, digging. Oh yeah. no! Oof. Um, we see some Zion people. Um, talking to Locke. We have confirmation. Uh, first two ships are in position for the counterattack. Um, they hit the Sentinels hit some iron ore and slowed them down by about an hour. That did give them a little over nine hours. The so clocks now we know where we are. Ticking down. Yeah. Nine hours to bad times. I get this interesting sequence. Yes. There's lots of intercutting. That... It reminds me of the scene about the plan in Bound. Yes. Where we see someone talking through the plan as the plan is it's being carried happening. out. There's more moving parts here. There's so many moving parts. This is the part where I'm like, it could be hard to describe. Yes, and we'll just do our best. Because the timeline is uncertain. Mm-hmm. Like, we have... The explanation of the plan when everyone's there. Mm-hmm. The carrying out of the plan when people are in separate locations. Mm-hmm. 
and some conversational tidbits before any of that happens. Right. We do have some stuff that so is like a flashback. Three, it's three periods of time that yes. we're seeing. So the sort of central one is the key maker explaining the plan. They are in the Matrix. They are in a room. A meeting room somewhere. And he talks about what the plan is. There is a building with a level no elevator can go to, no stair can reach. Doors, hidden places, special door. That leads to the source. Yep. Um... And there is a very secure system. Every alarm triggers the bomb. Um, but like all systems, it has a weakness because it's based on another system. And if that system fails, this system will fail. And that's electricity. If we take out the power, then the bombs can't go can't off. Can't go off, sure. Um, but you'd have to take out a whole city block. No, 27, 27. blocks. First, the building is just so huge. We have to destroy the power station. Nobody says there must be some kind of failsafe, and he says there's an emergency system, and we have to deactivate that as well. And Soren's like, well, what do you need us for? Neo can do all of that himself. And he says, no, because we have a very small window of time. Yeah. Um, there, we have exactly 314 seconds um, from the connection to be severed to get to the door. That is just over five minutes. Um, only the one can open the door, and it's only during that window that he can do it. So... He needs to be there. He has to be there and ready. Uh, and Niobe's like, how do you know this? And Keymaker's like, it's my fucking job. Uh, (laughs) that's why I'm here. It's my purpose, he says. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. He's purpose-driven. Yes. He's a program. (laughs) Um, so we flash back to Mm -hmm. on the Nebuchadnezzar. Um, Neo is sitting looking worried and Trinity's like, hey, you don't have to tell me what's wrong. I just want you to know that I'm here for you. Um, meanwhile, back, all must be done as one, says the keymaker. If one fails, all fail. So this is a si- another system. We're exactly. using a system to take down a system to take down a system <laughs> yeah. to take down a system. Sounds about right. <laughs> yep. It's it, the layers. There's just more layers. Uh-huh. Systems on systems. Um, Morpheus says, at midnight, there's a shift change in the security of both buildings. At midnight, that's when this will all happen. Mm-hmm. And then we see the guards from the beginning of the movie. It's the same time clock. Same time clock. Same guards. But we get a little more dialogue. Hey, you can count sheep at home. Why? I get paid to count them here. Yuck, 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 yuck. Yep. Um, we see on Soren's ship, the Vigilant, mm-hmm. some boys, Jackson Axel. Yep. <laughs> That's their names. Um, and they're like, okay, how much time? They're inside. Oh, 12 minutes. Oh, shit. On the monitor. Sentinels are coming. Oh, no. What do we do? Not they're so in good. the Matrix. And they have to be in there. What do we do if we can't shut it all down and hit the EMP? Oh, no. Not good. And then we get another speech from Morpheus about how he does this is not chance, this is fate. Three objectives, yep. three captains, three ships. This is providence, this is purpose, this is destiny. This is the meaning of our lives. This is what he was programmed to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, back on the ship with Neo and Trinity. He says, I want to ask you to do something, but I don't know how. She says, well, if I can, I promise I will. He says, what if I ask you to stay out of the Matrix? She asks why. He doesn't want to explain. 
but she says okay. Mm-hmm. That's trust. That's a relationship. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> she didn't need to know why. Yeah. She understands that it's important to him and that he wouldn't ask if it didn't matter. So she trusts him. Exactly. Uh, back in the Matrix, Morpheus is like, so what's what's up, Niobe? And she's like, well, what if you're wrong? What if this is all bullshit? And he says, well, then we might be dead tomorrow, but how is that different from any other day? That's his philosophy. Hmm. Um, cut to Niobe kicking ass in the power station. Yeah. It's great. It's cool. We yeah. love to see it. Um, and back <laughs> to the room. There's so much intercutting here. Yes. Niobe's kicking and we ass. we know that something's weird because we saw... We saw Trinity doing all this stuff in the Matrix at the beginning of the movie. But she's agreed to stay out of the Matrix. Yeah. Well, no. She, that wasn't... The, that, the power station is a different location from... Right. Where she ends up. Oh, yes. Right. So nothing has changed yet. Yeah. Niobe is kicking ass in the power station. In the power station, yes. Yeah. Morpheus, back to him. Um, He's more speechifying. This is war. We're soldiers. Death can come at any time. Mm -hmm. Back to the real world. Sentinel attack. And they're doing something new. The Sentinel does this. They've got a little device and they spin, 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 spin to chuck it. That's different. Uh-huh, that's a new thing they never did before. They're out of range. Yeah. And Axel's like, incoming, incoming, and they don't even know what's coming. Right. And, boy, run across, and a terrible accident befalls yeah. them. I gotta yeah. say, this is a little weird to me. Maybe this is also fate? I don't know. It, because that's it what is the movie seems to imply. An absurd accident. He's running across this, like, yeah. pathway, and it collapses, and he falls to his death, and this big pole swings and smashes his friend, and he dies also. And there's, like, blood all over the... Blood everywhere, and wow, why did that happen? <laughs> they didn't even have to get blowed up yet. It it seems to be just underscoring that this is engineered in a particular way. That this is supposed to occur this way, but this is outside the how could it be engineered to happen this way? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a weird, crazy accident. Uh, back to Morpheus. You know, consider the alternative. What if the prophecy is true? The war could be over tomorrow. Isn't that worth dying for? The chance that this right. is right. The right. chance that this is true. Um, B-team, Soren and co. are ready to disable the backup. Um, and they got three minutes, almost there. Um, yeah, now we cut back to the ship. Blood is running down the console very yeah. dramatically. It's cool because it's running down in, like, streaks, the like the code the runs code. down. Yeah, exactly. Love that. Um, and this is when the bomb hits the ship, and back in the Matrix, the B-team falls dead. We've seen this kind of thing happen before. Uh, they are They're gone. gone. Yep. And back on the Nebuchadnezzar, Trinity and Link hear the explosion distantly. And they're like, what the fuck? That's all good. Um, close up on the key maker, finishing a key. And he says, it is time. Oh, time. Um, <laughs> back. <laughs> time. Uh, I'm about to start singing uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, back to Trinity and Link. She tells him to find the others. Um, Niobe's right there. Um, already out of the station. What about Sorin? They're still inside, but 
they're not moving. Well, shit. All the clocks. We see just <laughs> clock after mm-hmm. wristwatch after clock. Um, we see the key. And we see an explosion. The, uh, the power, the power station. station just goes up. Like, so many explosions yep. in this movie. Uh, and Naomi just watches like a badass. Yeah. She's like across the river. She did her thing. She, she did, did her she thing. Her job is done. And uh, the city goes dark. Mm-hmm. Morpheus says, that's it. Let's go. They're in the building with the door. Yep. Um, and they start heading for that door to yeah. the secret hallway. They're in, Yeah. And back to Trinity, tells Link to call Neo now, but he has lost them. They've already gone inside. Um, Trinity says, what about the grid? And at that moment, the lights are all coming back. Everything's still operational. Emergency systems rerouting power. As soon as they open that door, it's all over. And Trinity's like, fuck that! And she's gonna go in and she's gonna take care of it. And he's like, we've got less than five minutes. And she says, in five minutes, I'll tear that whole goddamn building down. Mm-hmm. And you fucking believe her. Yeah. She can do it. Uh, in the hallway, Neo asks the keymaker how much further. And the keymaker's like, it's just here. And then out of nowhere, Smith! Smith! What? How did you get how did, here? How did he get there? Unclear. He can just pop up wherever he wants, I guess. Unimportant. He was able to pop up in that weird, like, Space earlier. Yeah, he could just do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's Smith the computer virus. Yeah. And he says, I'm sorry, this is a dead end. <laughs> <laughs> um, back on the Nebuchadnezzar, Link's like, this is, uh, this is a terrible job that I've done here, but I'm getting you as close as I can. You better grow some wings. And then Trinity's on a motorcycle on top of a building. Same cool sequence from the beginning. Yes exploding the building as she did before and we're like oh, oh no. no what's gonna happen yeah. uh, it's not just a dream now she tells him i'm in he says keep moving 65th floor um back in the corridor smith says you look surprised to see me again mr anderson uh that's the difference between us i've been expecting you and neo's like what the fuck do you want <laughs> and he says, you haven't figured that out. you still using all the muscles except that one that matters. <laughs> I want exactly what you want. I want everything. Morpheus is just like, <laughs> would that include a bullet from this gun? Which is such a sassy comeback. I know. And then Smith, go ahead, shoot. The best thing about being me, there's so many me. <laughs> and then all the Smiths arrive. Up, they yeah. just shuffle out of doors fucking Hill style. Yeah. I love it. It's so silly. Yep. And they fight um, mm-hmm. as the key maker kind of slinks away like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. He has a job to do. Exactly. Fucking Christ. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, it's back in the like backup power place, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it is, um, a technician comes in and he's like, oh my god. <laughs> Just sees these dead people and they're like, what happened? Yeah. And Trinity comes in, and, and, and he says, hold it right there, little lady, and she just kicks their asses. Yeah. She's got no fucking time for this, and she yep. gets the job done. Yeah. She takes it down. Um, Back in the Smith zone, 
you, if you can't beat us, join us. Um, and gets Morpheus mm-hmm. with his stabby hand. Um, meanwhile, Keymaker pops out of a door. Just yeah. kind of behind the hullabaloo. Yeah. Like, no one sees me. Um, Link still has no sight of them. They've only got two minutes left. Whatever they're doing. Um, yada yada, some business. Uh, it's funny because Smith does the, the hand thing to Morpheus, but... And it looks like it's going pretty poorly. Yeah. But then Neo just sort of, like, kicks him out of the way and then it's all fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Once he stops doing it, it's done. Yeah. Uh, but there's some scuffling, some fighting. One minute! Come on, please, please, please! Um... The, the, you know, the systems are shutting down, shutting down, yep. shutting down. We're seeing it happen uh, one after another after another. And just as the lights all go out, we see the key whoosh, slide into the lock. Yeah. Um, the key maker is opening the right door. Um, through the crowd of smiths, Neo sees this, clears a path, yep. grabs Morpheus, and yep. flies down the hallway. And it's kind of silly It's looking. pretty funny, yeah. Because he's not flying that fast but he's perfectly <laughs> horizontal <laughs> yeah yep. and that's what's silly about it yeah exactly uh and the smiths are like kill them kill them mm-hmm. um and yeah, they, they fire on the bunch. door yeah as the keymaker is closing the door and link's like they're in i don't believe it believe it link just fucking believe in right. something but the keymaker has been shot very very much mm-hmm. he is dying he falls to the floor and they go to him, they're like, ah, and they're, like, worried about him, and he says it was meant to be. Uh, basically, he's like, this is, that's it, that's my job, I'm done now. Um, that Morpheus, that door will take you home, and points him to where he needs to go, and he says, Neo, you'll know which door, and he gives him a key from secret around. Secret key, Secret yeah. key from around his neck. Hurry, Neo. Um, and meanwhile, Link warns Trinity some serious Activity is headed mm-hmm. her way. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yikes. And this is when she begins being pursued by agents. Yeah. Um, Morpheus exits the Matrix through the door that he was directed to, and Link mm-hmm. tells him that we've got a serious situation. Morpheus sees Trinity is, is in. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's not how this was supposed yeah. to happen. Um, meanwhile, Neo goes to his door Mm -hmm. and he opens it and white light and then it's like a blip like a pixel Mm -hmm. in stars and then it's like it's the planet earth in space just the pale blue dot and then we see it through a crt screen and then zoom out many of them many of them reminiscent of perhaps Thomas Anderson's agent interrogation. Yes. And and it's the third movie in a row where we get these sort of honeycomb mm-hmm. view of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we see the room that these screens are in. And it's a white room, just wall to wall with these little TV Little screens. TVs. And a man, an old white man in yep. a white suit sitting in a white chair. And my cat's making a lot of noise, and we're just going to live with it. Uh, and the architect is his name, and he says, hello, yep. Neo. And we're going to do some summing up here. We have to. The architect says a lot of stuff. And he says it in the longest way possible. On purpose. Yeah. 
He just is so fucking smug. Yeah. He's been waiting for him. Um, your qu- first question may not be the most pertinent. Uh, or it may be the most pertinent. It You may or may not realize it's the most irrelevant. This is the kind of shit that he says. Yeah. Why am I here? Neo asks. And the architect explains very succinctly, your life is the sum of a remainder of an unbalanced equation inherent to the programming of the Matrix, obviously. (laughs) So he basically is telling him, all of this was orchestrated, we, you were planned for, Mm. you were calculated for, and that's why you are here. And he was like, you didn't answer my question. The architect's like, hey, quicker than the others. And then we see the TV Neos reacting. So, uh, do you suppose that this is just sort of like uh, all, you know, other possibilities for how he could react? I thought it's either that or it's like all the thoughts that are going through his head before he says something. Yeah. And I've kind of in the past thought that way and I'm not sure which one or if it really matters. Right. The only reason I think that it may be... Like, all, because we're dealing with the idea of, like, predetermination and, yeah. like, choices and stuff. And oh, so these definitely. are, like, all of the choices he could make right now. And I think both can be true. Mm-hmm. Because probably these are things that... And what's interesting, too, is that during this scene, we keep, like, going through the TV screen and back into the like, room. Like, to, like, and this is the one that he chose. Exactly. This is the... This is the uh, so these are possibilities, but those possibilities could be running through his mind, or mm-hmm. they could just be represented by Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter which one they are possible actions he can take but anyway this is a thing that occurs multiple times in the scene as neo sort of reacts to strange and kind of entertaining um but the architect tells him you know the matrix is older than you know um you are the sixth version of you Mm. you are the sixth one this is the sixth matrix and he's like wait a minute there are only two possible explanations. Either no one told me or no one knows. And the architect's like, yeah, you got it. Um, oh, boy. Parsing this speech mm-hmm. is so much. But um, he's like, yep, that's it's all planned for. And um, yeah. Neo's like, you know, the TV Neos are like, you can't control me. Fuck you. Fuck you. And Neo says the problem is choice. Um, the architect talks about the first matrix. Yes, and how it didn't work, and he realized it's because humans are imperfect, so he redesigned it to more accurately reflect what a human world is like, but that didn't work either. He needed another program to intuit what it is the human psyche needed in order to cooperate with the system, and that program was the Oracle. The Oracle. And he kind of scoffs at that title for her. Um, but the solution was that they, that all humans inherently have a choice to, to reject the system, whether they know it or not, 99% of people accept it. And that 1% are sort of like a necessary risk. Yes. They are accounted for. They understand that this is going to happen. People are going to get out, but that number will over time grow and they will be too many. And that's when Neo realizes that this is all about Zion. Yeah. And the architect says, yes, uh, you're here because Zion's about to be destroyed. And Neo says, bullshit. And all TV the TV Neos, Neos echo him. Bullshit. It's pretty funny. Um, and he's like, yeah, you would say that. 
Denial um, is the most predictable of all human responses. Mm-hmm. This is, however, the sixth time we have destroyed it. We're getting good at it. And he tells him, finally, what he's wanted to know the whole time. What yep. the one is supposed to do. Um, it is to return to the source, allowing the, the code um, to be disseminated, um, reinserting the prime program. Basically, he's got to pick his Garden of Eden. Yeah. He's got to restart humanity. 23 individuals will be selected from the Matrix to start the next Zion. Um, or everyone, the system will crash and everyone connected to the Matrix will die. So there will be no more humans. Neo calls his bluff on that. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. You need humans to survive. And the architect chillingly says, there are levels of survival we are prepared to accept. Basically, like, yeah, it's better for us if we have you humans, but we can make do. Oof. Oof. We don't really need you. Oof. But it's up to you to make that choice. You have to accept whether you know you have to decide whether you can accept the responsibility of killing right. the human race right um and, and we the, see videos on the tv screens of, of just like all sorts of different humans just humanity portrayed yeah and he says you know this is interesting you know your predecessors were designed inherently to feel compassion towards humans but you have a very particular attachment uh vis-a-vis love and he says trinity and we see now on the screen videos of Trinity's predestined death. Death, yeah. Um, and he, the architect tells Neo that she entered the Matrix to save Neo's life at the cost of her own. Neo says, no. And so the architect says, so here it is. This is the decision. You have two doors. One leads to doing the thing that the one is supposed to do. Right. And restarting this whole cycle again. The other one, you'll you won't do that. You can save her, but you'll doom everyone. Uh, and but uh, he says, um, he says so much. He says so much. Already, I can see the chain reaction, the chemical precursors that signal the onset of an emotion designed specifically to overwhelm logic and reason. An emotion that is already blinding you from the simple and obvious truth. She is going to die, and there is nothing you can do to stop it. But Neo has never accepted the fate that he has been handed. Yes. And he turns and he goes for the door to Trinity. I, I love this because it's easy to believe that five people before him could have been presented with this exact same choice minus Trinity. And said, well, if it's either kill all humans or allow this bad system to continue, the system is better than nothing. And they, they could be told by this very loquacious man. <laughs> this authority. That that's the best thing they can do. And they'd be like, sure, okay, I'll do it. I can't kill all humans, so I have no choice. And there's always going to be people in this system, you know, possibly even selected by the one in restarting Zion, who will believe in the one as a sort of religion and facilitate the process happening again. Right, that's why there is this legend. There's always going to be a Morpheus who just hears it and is like, absolutely, that's true. I'm a believer. Yeah. But Neo is kind of perfect. 
Because he doesn't quite buy it. He doesn't buy it. And he's got a reason to say, well, no, third option, please. Exactly. Yeah. Third option. Which is funny because that's sort of like, um, Morpheus has been sort of the third option guy. Right. You know, the, the like, you know, either, you know, we accept our fate or we destroy the machines right. with force. And he says, no, no, there's another way we can do this. Which is funny because his third option just turns out to be part of the system. Part of the system and it's so sad for him. Yeah. That's the really heartbreaking part of this movie is that Morpheus turns out to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like... Because he didn't know the why. Mm-hmm. You know, the Merovingian hit it. He yeah. didn't know what the system was for. You, and so he couldn't fight it. He couldn't understand it. And honestly, I think it is perfectly and uniquely human to become so dedicated to something while missing that piece of it. Mm-hmm. The ultimate point. Exactly. Um, the architect scoffs at Neo's choice. He says, hope. It is the quintessential human delusion. Simultaneously, the source of your greatest strength and your greatest weakness. And Leo's, Leo, Neo <laughs> says, if I were you, I would hope that we don't meet again. And the architect says, we won't. He is certain that this is the end. Uh, and good riddance to the architect. Uh, uh, he's insufferable. Worse than the Merovingian. He's- the architect is extremely insufferable yeah. on purpose. Like, oof. Yes, yes. This is the thing. I feel like I've seen a lot of people express annoyance at this scene. But you're supposed to hate him. Because of the way he talks. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, He's that's, very annoying. You're correct to feel that way. The movie did it on that's purpose. Intentional. Uh, so, I mean, in, like, one of the TV Neo, Neos calls him an old white prick. Yep. <laughs> like that's, that's exactly what he is. He is. Um, meanwhile, Trinity fighting an agent in the building. Oh, it's coming. It's happening. It's happening. It's coming true. She dives out of the window and we see a close up on the doorknob to the, the big magic door. And it's melting. The paint is peeling. The doorknob is melting and Neo explodes out just surrounded by flames. He's moving so quickly that the fucking physics can't keep up with him. He's coming for you, babe. Um, And Morpheus back on the ship says, what is that? And Link says, whatever it is, it's moving faster than anything I've ever seen. (laughs) And that's saying something. something. He he was already confused seeing Neo move fast before. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's falling, falling, falling. He's flying, flying, flying. He's flying so quickly he's pulling cars in his wake through yeah, the air. Yeah, like a whole sort of blob of them. Yeah, like him. a vacuum. Yeah. We see the bullet hit Trinity go mm-hmm. under her ribs and he catches her out of the air. And Link's like, shit, he got her! Yeah. And he flies her to safety. Um, The agent was the one who smashed into the, into car, the car all along. Yep. Um, and he takes her to a rooftop and lays her down. And she says, I had to. And he says, I know. He's not mad. Yeah, he understands he why this had to happen. And he tells her the bullet is still inside. And he does a fun magic hands trick. Yeah. He, he matrixes just like in, in and, and pulls, pulls the, the bullet out. Just with his hands. And it's Weird, gross, and cool. Yeah. Does crazy matrix surgery yep. on her. <laughs> yep. 
Um, back on the ship, Morpheus is doing what he can for Trinity and gives her an injection of some kind mm-hmm. into one of her ports. Yeah. Really quite convenient really to have convenient. those all over yeah, your body exactly. for things like that. Um, and Neo has gotten the bullet out, but Trinity is still dying and she says, I'm sorry. And she uh, fades mm-hmm. away. And then we get an echo of the end of the first film. Yeah. And he whispers to her. He says, Trinity, I know you can hear me. I'm not letting go. I can't. I love you too damn much. And he reaches inside again. One of again, the most metal things and ever. And he restarts her heart he with just, like, his hand. He just like squeezes it yeah. until it that's starts a, going. I mean, you know, that's how you, you do that from the outside right. to restart yeah, a heart. Yeah, yeah. You do the, the chest massage. Just fucking inside. It's even better. More effective. It, yeah. Pa-pow. Restarts her heart. <gasps> She's back to back, life. Yep. And immediately they start making out really hard. <laughs> Girl, you just I've always, died. I've always found this really funny. I get why it's that way, but it's just goofy as so hell. So immediate and so severe of the makeout. But that's just how they do in this movie. Yep. Like, they have no chill ever. No, not a single chill. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and it's great. And, uh, Link is, is <laughs> He takes off his, his headset, he He's says, like, I can't take, take this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a funny moment. Yeah, a little bit of a, a relief from yeah, that. Yeah, and Trinity acknowledges the, the circularity of I it. I guess that makes us even. Um, but we're not done yet. We have sort of a denouement. Yes. Like, this is, this is where the movie, like, you're just like, oh, it's still going. Uh oh, yeah, right. They're still in the middle of something. Right. This isn't done yet. The whole Zion thing still. Right. Exactly. Uh oh. Uh oh. So we see an exterior shot of the Nebuchadnezzar, just so we sort of know where mm-hmm. it's at. Um, and inside, Morpheus is like, I don't understand. Like, this is this is how it's supposed to happen. Why, why didn't the war end? And Neo says, Well, it will. It'll be over in 24 hours. Uh, because if we don't do something, Zion's gonna be destroyed. And Trinity's like, well, how do you know? And Neo says, I was told. By whom? Doesn't matter. I believe him. Mm -hmm. It's like, I absolutely cannot explain what happened to you guys. It's not worth our time. It it would take way too long. Yeah. We found that out. (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't want, just trust me. Just to parse all that stuff. (laughs) Trust me. Just, just, let's just leave it there. Um, And Morpheus says, it's impossible. The prophecy tells us. And Neo says, no. The prophecy was a lie. It's all part of the system. I'm not meant to end anything. It's just another system of control. And Morpheus says, I don't believe that. And Neo says, well, then why isn't the war over? Uh, I'm sorry. I know you don't want to hear it, but this is the way it is. Um, And they don't know what they're going to do. do. And then, oh, no, sentinels are approaching. But they don't. They don't just head right for the ship. They don't... Link doesn't understand what they're doing. They're just outside of EMP range. Mm-hmm. And we see their new trick. And Neo... Neo knows. He knows. It's a bomb. We have to get out of here now. How does he know this? They're not in the Matrix. Hmm. 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 Uh, so they grab their guns, their big zappy guns, run yep. out of the ship, and as they just got away, the ship blows up tragedy and morpheus says i have dreamed a dream and now that dream has gone from me sort of operatic almost and we'll talk about that line 
there's a it made thing. Made me think of my mess. Well, yeah, I dreamed a dream. Yeah. Time gone by. <laughs> uh, but it, it is actually a quote from something else. Oh. And we'll get to it. Ooh. Um, And they're like, oh, shit, we gotta go. And Neo's like, we're not gonna make it. Um, And they're starting to run away. And he says, wait, something's different. I can feel them. It's like, oh, shit, what? And he stops running and he faces them. And he puts his hand up like he's in the Matrix. And they stop dead what? in the air and fall to the ground disabled. Yeah. And then Neo falls to the ground disabled. Yeah. And, and Trinity is like Whoa! shook. Yeah. yeah, it runs. Neo runs. Um, Morpheus is like, what happened? Trinity, Trinity has no idea. I don't know. And Link says, it's the hammer. It's the Mjolnir, buddy. It's not that hard to pronounce. <laughs> um, and it's, it's there to pick them up. They are rescued. And Neo is in the infirmary and... Trinity's watching over. Um, a woman tells her, you know, he's in a coma, but he's okay. You know, you should get some rest. And Trinity says, no, I'm going to stay here with him. Um, then Morpheus is talking to Roland, who is the captain of the Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Roland says, Locke was right. The machines, um, you know, the, the machines would cut off the main lines uh, in and out of Zion. He, we did the counterattack. It sounded good. And some, but someone screwed it up. The plan was working, and somebody triggered an EMP before they could get in position. Five ships instantly went down. Um, they don't know how it happened um, because almost everyone was killed. Uh, only one person made it out alive. And we and... cut to the infirmary. We see Neo on the table. We pan across, and it's, it's Bane. To be concluded. Yep. Oh! Cliffhanger ending. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I sabotaged it. Woof. Okay, so that's the movie. It's a lot of movie. Okay, first is queerness. Yeah. So, I mean, we have sort of throughout yeah. been discussing the way that this sort of continues the journey Yes. Of being queer. And there's less, like, reference points to what's happening here allegorically. Mm-hmm. Um, but while we were on the top of, uh, topic of queerness, there was something. It was originally going to be in my fun stuff section. Uh-huh. But I decided to move it up to queerness. Yes. Because it's queer fun stuff. Yes, cool, good. Okay, okay. So I mentioned the companion video game, Enter the Matrix. Mm-hmm. So the plot of Enter the Matrix is basically what Niobe is up to. Okay, you sure. Play as Niobe. Cool. Now the thing about this video game that makes it special is that cutscenes are fully acted by the actors in the films. Oh, what? Yes. So there are scenes shot with the actors that are only in the video like game. Live action FMV live type action scenes. Actors from the films Damn. in this video game. That they presumably like shot during the production of these two films. Yes. Wow. So, you play you play as Niobe. Niobe is looking for Morpheus. Sure. And, at, and the particular scene I want to tell you about. She has arrived at the Merovingian's palace mm. and finds Persephone. And says, I, you know, I, I'm looking for Morpheus. You're going to tell me where he is. And we get an exact echo of Persephone's deal oh with, my God. with Neo. 
but with, with Niobe. Niobe. And she says, oh, sure, I'll help you, but you have to give me something. I can tell you're in love. I want you to kiss me. <laughs> and Niobe's like, or I could just shoot you. And she's like, what, scared to kiss a woman? And Niobe's like, you're not a woman, you're a program. <laughs> and she's like, well then. Uh, and she's like, come on, it's just, it's all, um, it's all I'm asking for. Wow. It plays out exactly the same way with first wow. the, like, bad kiss and Persephone's like, fuck that, no. And Niobe's like, wait, I'll do it better. And so in wow. this video game, Jada Pinkett Smith and Monica Bellucci make out. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> These lesbians, Leonora. Oh my god. These lesbians, you cannot stop them. That's amazing. It's exactly the same scene, That's... but it's gay. Oh, I respect that so much. Yes. They hid it in this video game. They hid it in the video game, but it's real. That's amazing. I'm proud of them. Yeah, they did the thing. They did it. This is this is what I love. Like they were figuring out how to do it. They just got around it. Yeah. Love wow. it. Love it. Yeah. Are there any uh, other sort of queer themes we wanted to underscore at this time? Or do we feel I mean, like we've said the lot? I think just it's just there in the movie. It's just there. If you know, you know. Exactly. It's, yeah. just, it's just there. We've talked about we it. We talked about it the whole time. There's, there's less textual stuff. And yes. even less stuff where you can really obviously point and go like, that's what that is in trope land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. Okay. So the then. vibes are there. Less vibes, big vibes. So, such, such T for T vibes. <laughs> yes. So, um, let's then move on to sort of the philosophy stuff. Because there is um, an, one, something that we didn't really talk about last time. And I think that in this movie, the, the themes are maybe a little more present, um, is the... Uh, sort of allusions to Gnosticism mm-hmm. because, um, you know, the sort of idea of the Gnostics, what they, they're Christians, but a weird, right. weird, 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 weird right. kind of Christians. Right. And for them, the ultimate um, sort of holiness is knowledge. Right. That's well, what Gnosis is. And there's sort of this idea, as I understand it, that it fits in well with this idea of like belief being another system of control. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Because there's this idea that like certain people in a religious hierarchy decided which books of the Bible count or don't count. Yes, and and it's the idea of like um, you know, having the, the knowledge, having the most knowledge and the best and the truest right. knowledge is the holiest thing and the most divine rather thing. than the select approved knowledge right um so um the gnostic god is sort of an interesting thing um first of all you it's easy to see you know that the, the christ allegory for neo is very much a thing but yeah. as a gnostic christ he makes more more sense yes. because it's not just about his sacrifice. It's about his self-knowledge. He becomes the one when he knows that he is the one. It right. is about us. It's a process of self-discovery and understanding, right. um, not just sort of being the Christ and right. doing the sacrifice. It's about yeah. the the understanding of it. And ultimately... Ultimately, he becomes something more than the one at the end of this film mm-hmm. because he decides not to fulfill the function of the one. Right. 
Um, so his decision is is key. Yes, because he has the knowledge. Yes. So um, the Gnostic God is sort of interesting. It operates on kind of a two-level thing. So there's the supreme God, um, who is all-knowing, but irrelevant and sort of remote from human affairs. Right. Because it is so unknowable. And that is sort of the architect. Right. The idea of this, like, completely removed... Dispassionate. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, And ultimately irrelevant. Right. Exactly. Um, but then there is a lesser god, um, who, the creator god, who is the son of a virgin who was created by the supreme god. This creator god sculpted the earth, um, and uh, the Gnostics called it the Demiurge, meaning um, public craftsman. Oh, sorry, I got it mixed up. So the, the, the Demiurge mm. is the craftsman, and that is the architect, because... Um, it is inherently without compassion, mm-hmm. uh, strict adherence to like disciplines and logic. Right. Um, but he's not the real creator and not, uh, he, he believes himself to be and believes himself to be responsible for the conditions of the world. Um, but the, the idea of the matrix is that painful knowledge is ultimately preferable to, to yeah. comfortable ignorance. That's been the idea right from the very beginning of And the that's story. where the Gnostic stuff came in, and it's just going even harder yeah, with it's the just, architect. It's, it's and... more of the same. It's like if the knowledge gets even more painful, it's still better to know. Mm-hmm. Even if what you thought you were escaping into is just another layer of the same deception. You're closer to truth than you were. Yeah. Even if... It sucks to find that out. <laughs> right. It hurts, but that's better than ignorance. And I think I think that as much as that is a philosophical or religious statement, it can also be applied as a political statement. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, and that's... We also have that coming up. Uh, before <laughs> we get there, I just want to make a couple of fun little mentions. Yes. Um, so... Um, Smith uh, drives an Audi um, in the sort of way in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and the license plate is IS5416, Isaiah 5416. Oh my God. Which reads, Behold, I have created the Smith that bloweth the coals in the fire <laughs> and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. Oh my God. They, oh, the, the Smith! The Smith! Which I kind of <laughs> love because, I mean, obviously that's super fucking intentional, yeah. but also, like, Smith is the perfect name because it's just the non name. Yes. Like, it's just the most, the yes. blandest possible exactly. choice, but also it means something. Mm-hmm. I love it! It's like Jason! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Especially in this where he's taking on the role of a sort of perverse creator. Mm hmm. Um,. And uh, the uh, idea of the source, um, which all the the programs return to, definitely has some relation to, like, the Hindu belief in Brahma, Mm. um, the the god composed of, like, life energy. Um, Brahma created all things, and man's destiny is to return 
uh, after his or her destiny is fulfilled. Mm. So intriguing. The source is sort of a Hindu right thing, which is right. Cool. We never see the source, which is probably good. Yeah, we don't need to see that. I mean, because like ultimately, what is there to see? Like it doesn't. It's, it's not a physical thing, right? So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so back to this sort of philosophy talk for a moment. So the book that Persephone moves to open up the secret door. Naturally, it's a it's a real book. Yes, Naturally. it's Arthur Schopenhauer's Die Welt als Villa und Vorstellung. Nah, my German's not great. Vorstellung? Uh, Vorstellung. Uh, the World as Will and Representation. Ooh. And it, to its left is uh, Pererga and Palimpomena, um, also by Schopenhauer. That's Greek. Um, but basically, he was a philosopher. His work was sort of um, a, a response to Kant and mm -hmm. his whole thing. But basically, he viewed the... So what he meant by the will was sort of a quasi-mystical life force that underlays reality. Um sort of the kernel of every phenomenon. Um, but basically, uh, ultimately, uh, he believed that its nature could be fathomed or glimpsed through non-rational aesthetic experience. Uh, like, it's... I'm trying real hard. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, This yeah. is not something yeah. I've read. I was no. trying... I was just Googling furiously to I mean, understand. This is, this is tough, like, because, like, we were talking about... Uh, simulacra and simulation it's a lot like that but it sounds even more complicated yes <laughs> anyway it's it's a certainly related work of naturally philosophy. naturally what the wachowskis were so big-brained making these they like, we, went as hard as they could you know this is why so many of the rest of their movies are based on something else because they're like we did all of our writing we don't want to write anymore it's true we put all they, of our ideas they chose such ambitious things to even do that with right well they'd get bored otherwise it's, it's, they're always doing the most <sighs> the most women. yeah um so there, there's a lot of i mean obviously we've got a lot of Mythology being referenced so much everywhere and all the time. All the names, the yeah, names and everything. Uh, it's great, and I love it, and I love how crunchy it is. It's extremely crunchy. Yeah, we do uh, our best to talk about it, and it's hard when you're talking about <laughs> German philosophers you've yeah, never heard of. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm dumb. <laughs> uh, is there any other philosophy you want to get to, or is it time for fun stuff? I think it's time for fun stuff. Okay. So, um, the code name for this script while in production, as they do mm -hmm. to keep things under wraps, was The Burly Man, which is the title of the script that Barton Fink is working on in the film Barton Fink. That's pretty funny. Isn't that a great reference? Is this why they refer to the Smith fight? The, the burly brawl. brawl. And um, apparently there's uh, the <laughs> there was like a van that they used to like watch the the rushes for sure. the freeway sequence. Since they were out on a freeway, they had to use a, a van for <laughs> Naturally, this. Naturally, yeah. And they referred to it as the burly van. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it's cute. Um, so speaking of the burly brawl, mm -hmm. um, so it is a nine minute sequence. Oh. And it involved three and a half years of post-production work. And that is why it took so long to make this film. Oh my god. 
three and a half years. Just for that sequence? Yeah. It's crazy. And it's tough because it's a good scene. Mm-hmm. I'll stand by it being a good scene. Mm-hmm. It it's does super memorable. Look dated now. But you have to respect that much that that amount of work. That's like, so much work. Yeah. Um, so a cool thing I learned is that um, almost all of the materials that they used for film sets were later recycled um, and donated. This. Like a whole bunch of wood was sent to Mexico to build low income housing. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. That's I love so these women. rare. Love these women. And it's it's interesting to me because there have been people. Who say that the Wachowski sisters' films are hypocritical in some way for being large budget, theoretically anti capitalist films? Mm-hmm. And that's something that is we're going to continue to come back to. Yes. Throughout the filmography. Because it gets more and more blatant, frankly, mm-hmm. as the budgets continue to explode, also, which is funny. Yes. But I feel like that kind of fact chips away at that argument a little bit. Because Certainly. what other filmmakers are doing things like that? Frankly, I've never heard of it. Exactly. This is unheard of, but it should be normal. It should be. It should happen every time. It's beautiful. It's so admirable. It, it, like, if there is an ethical way to make an extremely expensive film, that that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing. I should have mentioned it when I was talking about the Burley Brawl before. Apparently, um, just the, the filming of it took 27 days. What on earth? That's so funny because it looks so rubbery. Like, yeah. That there was that much real life filming involved. 27 days? Yeah, it's quite a lot. Um, but speaking of which, the highway chase took almost three months to mm. shoot. Um, it was filmed at the Alameda Naval Air Station um, on the main east and west runway, um, and part of another were partially repaved. Um, to make it look like a highway, um, and added like entrance and exit ramps, and oh, so put they up didn't the block barrier off wall. A real highway no, it? it's a it, they they constructed a fake highway on an airstrip. That's genius! Isn't that brilliant? That, um, they did a good damn job. And by like, putting up those like sound barrier walls, they were able to just like get the angles that they needed, and then just CG oh, in what they needed in the sky. Oh my god. I did notice when they're fighting on top of the of the truck mm-hmm. towards the end, you can sort of tell that maybe there's a bit of a green screen or, or background replacement yeah, going on. Yeah, and that is, that is true. But other than that, you wouldn't know that it's not on a real freeway somewhere. Yeah, it's they did a great job, and it's a it's a really clever workaround to to do what you need to what with a, with idea. a freeway. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Just make a fake one. Just a fake one. Make on a fake an one. Airstrip. Wow. Yeah. But three months, though. I mean... Yes. So that shit takes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And um, reportedly, and of course this is the kind of story we hear from him, Keanu Reeves volunteered to give up a claim to a share of ticket sales amounting to approximately $38 million. What on earth? Because the cost of the special effects was so great. He was like, fine, just I just won't take that money. Use it. Keanu Reeves, man. He's the real one. He's the real one. Uh, the Zion rave involved over 1,000 extras. No. Yes. What? 1,000 people. They I mean, did it can, for real. You can tell it's... it's they didn't fake it. 
You can tell that it's a lot of people. They didn't fake it. It's real. Think about how many of those people were just like naked too. Just rolling around. It's great. It's been strange times. It's been a weird experience. Ima- First of all, imagine being one of those people. Be really bizarre. Did you get paid to go to a an extras orgy? <laughs> but also imagine being like the crew. Being present that day. Imagine you're the person, I'm sure this was someone's job, who has to spray the floor to make it look all wet. Yeah, well, I bet they were really hot in there and just had to, like, spray them down with cold water. (laughs) Imagine if that's your job. Spray down the extras. Oh, man. Spray down those hard bodies. (laughs) What a thing. (laughs) What a thing for them to do. Yeah. I just sort of assumed that, like, there were really only like 50 people and they just made it look like there's a bunch in the background. They did it. They did it. The mad women did it. Oh my God. So, um, fun thing. We talked about the video game, the matrix reloaded, um, during the, or rather, uh, enter the matrix. Um, many of the, uh, freeway signs in the chase had, uh, you apparently eight character hexadecimal codes, what? On them, you just don't really even notice, but those were for the video game. Um, what on earth? And they they were cheat codes. Um, and there's they, like a hacking they, mini game where you have to use them to like activate something. They hid video game cheat codes in their movie. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and so like it really shows how much they intended the movie and, and, and the game and the game and the animatrix to, to like, like work in concert with each other. That's fascinating. Uh huh. What an idea! I wish that more folks did shit like that because it's a really fun idea. Well, this is the thing. It's like it's a different attitude I feel like to have than most people do when they're making films on this level. Mm-hmm. Like assuming a level of participation from the audience yeah just first of all just intellectual participation because you have to think about the stuff (laughs) there's a lot of thinking in this film and it's funny to to say that because like sometimes it's just very primal Uh uh-huh and other times you're like oh this is so much yeah so much and it's and it's it's cool because it's rare Mm -hmm. but also expecting that level of intertextuality to mean anything to anybody. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. It's ambitious. Certainly, to enjoy this film, you do not need to play the video game, nor do you no. need to see the Animatrix. Certainly. But if you're going to do either of those things, you'll certainly have seen the film. So, you Why gain... Why not integrate it in that way? Yeah, you gain something from the movie in the experience of these other things, but for the film, you don't need the it to be the other way around. That's, it might heighten your, you know, you might enjoy certain things or have, you know, feel more things about this film if you see the Animatrix, but you don't need to. Frankly, that's genius. Isn't it great? Because it's not assuming anything untoward of the viewing audience for the film. Mm-hmm. But if you are invested, that investment is rewarded. I love it. They're brilliant. What I an love idea. it. idea. More people should do stuff like this. I think so. I think so. Uh, so, um, here's a good one. Oh, you know what? I should have put this in the, like, f- philosophy, religion section. But 
fun thing. Um, the key maker talks about how they have to block out 27 blocks of power. Right. And they will have exactly 314 seconds. Uh, in the Bible, the 27th uh-huh. book of the New Testament, Revelation, chapter 3, verse 14, speaks of be, uh, being witness to the source of creation. The architect. Oh my god. Yep. Yep, it goes that deep. So anytime there's a number in any of these it movies... It means something. It means something. I... I have to say, just because I think it's fun, Mm -hmm. that there was a time when I thought this movie was not great. Mm -hmm. We've all been there. And I feel like it's the rare movie you can start out thinking it's not great, and the deeper you dig into it, the The more you respect it. To this extent. Yeah. You You gotta. You gotta respect that. So, um, the kid in the movie, um, does have a name in the Animatrix. Mm. It is Michael Carl Popper. Oh, interesting. Carl Popper was a famous 20th century philosopher who did work on the nature of free will and the relation of mind and choice to the physical realm. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Who is surprised at this point? Who is surprised? Uh, oh, fun. Um, this movie was entered into the Guinness Book of World Records as the widest film print run. It had a run of 8,517 copies sent out at the same time. That's delightful. And it'll never be beaten because we don't send out prints of films (laughs) extensively anymore. Yeah. That was soon to become a thing of the past. Isn't it funny? So good for you. That's... That's a huge run. That's a huge run and... I miss movies being projected on film on the regular. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It was cool. (laughs) So now is the time to acknowledge something that I alluded to at the beginning, which is um, a little bit of a bummer story, but ultimately I think okay. So Marcus Chong is the name of the actor who played Tank in Mm -hmm. the first film. And he was originally supposed to return. Tank did not die. In the Matrix. In the Matrix. Um, And they ended up writing him out after a falling out. Now, he claims that they were trying to cheat him out of money. Mm. And they broke a deal that they had with him. And he was so angry he made a documentary and put it on youtube what now what it seems like um is that so he he was asking for more money but reportedly he was pretty difficult to work with Mm. in the first place Mm. so it seems like he wasn't worth the trouble to bring back sure he he was trying to you know highball them and they were like we don't really want to work with you anyway so we're not gonna bring you back for this film he pitched a fit and did some very bad behavior uh he you know threatened them he was arrested oh my god in this documentary he's very transphobic naturally it's pretty shitty um he makes up some pretty weird things. He claims they, like, sent someone after him. 
Like he's got uh, some serious delusions or something. Oh god. Not totally clear. But that's why Tank isn't in this movie. I had no idea. I didn't know either, but that's why he kind of disappeared. Like, he was in some minor stuff before this, and this seemed like it was going to be sort of his big breakout. Right. And he didn't break out. That's depressing. Yeah. Yeah, they claim he claims that they tried to silence him. Like, buddy, no. Yeah, I, I don't buy it. No, you were just being an ass and they didn't want to work with you anymore they seem to have low tolerance for that sort of thing which i can respect absolutely who fucking needs it you know what they replaced him well yeah absolutely (laughs) this is the funny thing too because i read and i'm sure we'll address this way later on but there's a replace there's a replaced cast member in sense eight apparently Mm -hmm. there was a similar issue and and they were just like it's easier to explain why there's a different actor in this role now than to put up with whatever shit the guy was doing. Respect. Exactly. Respect. You've got to admire that confidence. Mm-hmm. It's, at this point, they're pros at, at explaining why someone was recast. It's, yeah. <laughs> just do it. Just do yeah. it. It's great. So yeah, that's an unfortunate sequence. It's, of it's an unfun stuff. Yeah. But. So, yeah, apparently he was offered five times what he received for the original film. And he still tried to... Yeah, well, he they offered him $250,000. He said one million and not a cent less. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Like, you're still not a lead, buddy. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, I don't think Oof. so. I don't know about that one. Yeah. So that's that. Um, now we get to the last section of the fun stuff, which is alternate castings. <gasps> My favorite. Yeah, but first, a slight deviation. Um, alternate filming. Um, Lana and Lily had been approached to direct Batman Begins, but what? turned it down to do the Matrix sequels. Huh. Imagine the Wachowskis Batman. Now I that mean, would be lovely. I want it. Here's that the thing. Was, yeah. I'm so glad they made the Matrix. I want it. I, w- I want to see. I want to see a world where Christopher Nolan didn't make Batman and instead the Wachowskis did. Yeah, it sounds Doesn't, delightful. Just like what that means for the next decade of cinema boggles the mind. It would have been better. It would have been a better timeline. It's like it's like that that meme that you see on Twitter of like the generic utopian sky uh-huh. scraper cityscape, and uh-huh. it's like this is what we would have if, if the Wachowskis directed Batman. It's so true. <laughs> what would the world be like? I can't. I can't even. I can't even think about it. But it's also cool that they stuck to their guns and, and they made their own thing, and yeah. I'm proud of them. And it's a yeah. wonderful thing that they made, yeah. and it was still incredibly influential. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think people appreciated it maybe enough. But, but it's still... It's still around. We're still talking about it. Absolutely. Here we are today. <laughs> okay. Alternate choice. Um, yes. So apparently the character of Z, Link's wife, was originally supposed to be Aaliyah. Oh, but no. But she passed away in 2001. Oh, no. Um, so that is when they cast Nona Gay, who, by the way, was the daughter of Marvin Gay. What? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. All right then. But Aaliyah would have been great. Yeah. That's just that's just tragic. Yeah, it's really sad to think about that loss. I mean, obviously yeah. just 
she died, and that's that's terrible. But yeah. also, she had such a, a fascinating career ahead of her. And she was she she'd already acted in some things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Queen of the Damned. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that that would have been something. Yeah. Uh, so the role of Seraph was you might uh, anticipate written for Jet Li. Mm, sure. Yeah. Um, but he asked for a little too much money. Sure. Uh, and they couldn't more afford pow- him. More power to him for that one. He he was in a position to ask, and yeah. you know he, he they offered him a role, and he said, "This is what I want for it." And they said, and they were like, oh, "That's a bit much." Sorry. Yeah. Um. So then they were going to cast Michelle Yeoh. <gasps> oh my God! But she had scheduling conflicts oh, and turned it down. Oh, that one makes me really sad. Yeah, that would have just been cool. just because I like her. She's so I would, cool. I would just like her to show up in Anywhere. any capacity. Just, the the gentleman that they cast is lovely. Just to hear that she could have been in a movie and wasn't makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, well, she was in a different movie, apparently. Oh, fair enough. Said. So, fair enough. Uh, I'll have to figure out which movie that is and watch that instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, that would have been something. It would have been something. Okay. And now, my last one. The architect was originally going to be Sean Connery. Oh, no. But... Uh, similar to a story we heard about Russell Crowe, turned it down because he didn't understand the movie. Uh, he mentioned this in, uh, the interview on the DVD extras of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This is funny because didn't he end up retiring because of his bad experience working on The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? That's what they say. If he'd just done The Matrix instead. Yeah. (laughs) Be a different world. He was probably kicking himself. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but he didn't get it. And he said no. Granted, you know. He would have been distracting. Yeah, that would have been distracting. Imagine that you've been watching this movie for two hours. And, and all this stuff has happened. Uh-huh. And then it's the, the, the guy, should, and it's Sean Connery. That would be weird. That would be weird. like when he shows up at the end of that Robin Hood movie. It's like a bit much. <laughs> it's, it's a bit, bit much. much. And like, to his credit, if someone plopped that script down in front of me, I'd be like, huh? Especially for that role. Yeah. You'd be like, I have to say what? What are you what is he talking about? It's like What is all what is any of this? Yeah. So like you know, it's not necessarily yeah. to his discredit that he was like, I don't I yeah. don't understand. It's more understandable, I think, with this one to have that reaction than the previous one too. Yeah. But who is the guy who plays the architect? Ah, uh, good question. Let's find out. Because I feel like I recognized his voice from somewhere. Yeah. Um like he has the he has an audiobook Helmut narrator. Bakitis? He has an audiobook narrator vibe to me. He does. He's Australian. What? He's Australian. What? But he was born in Germany. <laughs> I was gonna say Helmut. <laughs> Helmut. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He just did various things. Like Funny. I don't. I don't know if I. He's in anything else. He's in the live action cast of Happy Feet. Uh, He's in Hacksaw Ridge, apparently. Oh, I have seen that movie. He's a minister. I probably am subconsciously remembering him from that. Yeah, I don't know. Bizarre. Good for him for delivering the most frustrating dialogue ever in what is presumably not his natural accent. Presumably. He's got to be either Australian or German, so... Good for him. Good for him. We love to hate him in this. He's just the archetypal, irritating, pompous white man. 
It's and, great. And if you can excel at that... The world is yours. <laughs> probably the least bad thing you can do with that particular talent is play that kind of character in a movie. Yeah, you know, you and I were recently talking, I think, about people playing, like, homophobes and stuff. Generally, if it's a movie that is positive mm-hmm. about queer folks, or, like, a movie where the racist is played by a famous white actor... Mm-hmm. You know that person's got to be cool. They're taking one for the team. Yes. And sometimes actors do this habitually and it's hilarious. It's really funny. So he's good at this thing. So yes. hopefully that means he's one of the good ones. It could just mean that he's just like this. We don't know. We don't know. We don't because know. maybe he didn't understand it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. By the way, Seraph was played by Colin Chow. Um, yep, he's a martial artist. Called it. He's, he's, he's stylish. He's got it. He's got it. Um, yeah, he's just been in, like, kung fu movies. He was in Forbidden Kingdom. Sure. Nice. There you go. So, what a film, huh? What a movie. It's and a lot of movie. It's a lot of movie, and we got a lot to go. Yeah. We've got revolutions. Yes. We're gonna watch it. God damn it. We're gonna do it. <laughs> We're gonna try to talk about it. We're gonna do our very, very best to make sense of all of this. They talk a little less in that one, I think. Right, just more big robots. Yeah. There's long parts where we can just be like, the, the, the they fight each other. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Now that's occurring to me, before we go, I did want to talk about a little bit. Um, the sort of diversity of Zion. Yes, we were gonna talk about that. Well, because it, it occurs to me, we've got this, like, sort of Adam and Eve style, you know, yeah. progenitor thing. So, like, there's a lot of, um, just mi- mixing of yes. genetics yeah. happening there. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it kind of makes sense that after all this time of this many times of this happening, we've just kind of got sort of... An extremely diverse society. Of, like, people who are just kind of brown you know yeah, exactly. like yeah. like you know yeah. with all all of this sort of the yeah. generations upon generations yeah race is less of a factor in zion it seems like it can't be yeah it can't be of course you've got all the new folks that come in from right. the matrix right but like the originators yeah like that's just a lot of genetics happening right so but yeah. i do kind of like this idea of this like cool egalitarian hacker future where yes. just like this multicultural hacking rainbow like yeah there are characters who are like you are a hacker like are you sure okay like uh what's his name the guy who goes and like makes contact with the oracle like yeah. he doesn't strike me the same way that some of the other folks do right i love his vibe yeah. love it yeah. it's just like all right in this world a guy like him is a master hacker Absolutely. It's nice. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Anyone can be these folks. Exactly. They were all so cool and stylish in their own unique and insane ways. Yes. It's delightful. Uh And it's like, I feel like the Wachowskis multiple times have tried to depict futures or alternate realities like this. Sometimes to varying degrees of success, and this is probably one of their most successful. Because it's just not really a thing. Like, it's just like, we're all here. That's not what this is about. Exactly. Exactly. It's not about that. Like, it doesn't even really draw your attention. Like, you you talk about watching this movie as a kid, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not something, at least that I, watching the movie as a very young person, was, was even really noticing. No. It's just the actors that are in the movie. Yeah. 
And then later on you go, oh, this is different for a Hollywood big budget film. Especially science fiction. Yeah. Infamously white. Mm-hmm. You, like. Good for them. Good for them. They made it happen. They made it happen. On Warner Brothers' dime, no less. Yeah. And then they donated all the wood to Mexico. Yes. <laughs> Why not every time? Love it. Love it. Okay. We have to stop. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we must stop yes. now. Yes. Okay, everybody. It's time to watch the big one. The one that everyone saw and was like, huh? Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how we feel this time. Yes. The well, last time I watched it, I liked it. I expect to like it. We'll see. All right. Well, until then, we love you very much. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Film Broads. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.